Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome new listeners to the Todd Glass Show. Before we get going, here's some stuff you should know. To tell if it's a bit or the truth from Todd If he says potato salad or swear to God Those expressions are comedic, little darling If Todd means the truth, he always says to George Carlin And on the topic of bits, let's erase any doubt Todd's almost always joking when he says edit it out The intro goes long, cause Todd's so big hearted Other podcasts end before his Recorded on a phone, but don't worry. The audio of the show is at a higher quality. You know, the Podcasters Association voted the Todd Glass Show with number one. So, welcome to the show. Now entering Nerdist.com. Why am I laughing? Because right before we start the podcast, I tell Eric, I go, and be nice <laughs> to, to like, you know, when we're talking about things we might disagree with. And he's like, oh, I'll be, what did you say? I'm probably going to be nicer than you are. All right. And then we had a fist fight. <laughs> Could you do me a favor to prove that this show is no different than the others? Can you take your mic and like put it in front of you? The, the, center, the, end, the, there we go. Do you want to start over? Nope. So there's so much to talk about, but we're going to take our time. We are in the living room of my house, and uh, it's good energy in here. It's uh, actually really raining outside, and it's just a great night to be inside and, uh, and talk about some things that we've been putting off and putting off and putting off, and then it gets overwhelming. And... I was talking to Caleb the other day, and we were talking about how we think that Rachel Maddow 
if she if her opinions were and be be honest because even though as close as we are we you might go well I don't, you know I said if her opinions were any more clean and nice and calm and okay so let's put that there for a second some people might disagree with that and that's okay that's not my big problem and then she'll put it if her opinions were any more organized they'd smell like Clorox <laughs> in a good way Caleb Sinan yeah we both said I said that that's to him because he agreed he goes and we listened to her on the way home and. I remember when I used to listen to her and David Letterman talk. I went, there's no way they're wrong. So is she, would, would, would everyone like her as much as I do? Would Paul Tompkins like her as much oh, as I'm I sure do? Oh, I'm sure he does. Would Eddie Pepitone? You never know. Yeah, you never know with Eddie. <laughs> so I hope that I can do that for things. So otherwise, well, why talk about it? And I know when I'm spinning my wheels with Trump stuff, and we'll talk about that today. We'll talk about religion today. And we'll talk about Black Lives Matter. I know when I'm not bringing any clarity to it. Like when you watch Samantha Bee at her best, just, just take something, rip it right, rip it left. Just when they think they have an excuse. You know, I don't need people that just agree with me. That's nice. But I need people like uh, the liberal redneck, Trey. That's amazing, you know. Isn't it funny comedians are now, what do they have to, I know I'm complimenting myself because I'm a comedian, but you want to say it like, oh, comedians are journalists now too? Mm-hmm. Oh, they do both? Oh, that's because journalists uh, don't want to be journalists now. And we're not talking about all, we just complimented Rachel Maddow. But, you know, for people that can like, besides Rachel Maddow and, uh, you know, there's not, what, what I was trying to do when we were watching them, sometimes they did good and I didn't want to treat them any different than I'd want to be treated. So I complimented them. Sometimes you hate a newscaster so much when they're doing good, you, you not hate, hate's a strong word, dislike. When they're doing actually a pretty good job, you, you don't want to say it because you think that's going to – no, you can say overwhelmingly – Chris Matthews, I was, saw him deal with something. I went, man, he's dealing with that brilliantly. Why does he seem to be a joke? I didn't – and then I saw him the next uh, – an old YouTube clip with the birther issue, n- nailing it, mm-hmm. not letting the person off the hook brilliantly. And I went – why doesn't why why? Then I watched him for like seven months, and I went, "Oh, okay, that's why." Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's no doubt he's a real smart guy, but he's also a doofus. But my problem is, um, for example, they'll sit and have a thirty-minute conversation with uh, Kellyanne Conway, and I remember we were looking at a YouTube clip, and it was. Do you from- want to roll it in right now? Let's roll it in. I want to ask you about this alliance between you first, uh, Kellyanne, between John Kasich and Ted Cruz, this alliance, shall we say, that Donald Trump is calling collusion. Is this fair game? Are they playing by the rules here? Oh, absolutely. It's completely transparent. Donald Trump's tax returns aren't. I'd like to see those be transparent. We're talking about the word. But most people understand what it's in reference to. All right. So, Kellyanne. I understand. I respect that. I think that was a great try, Scotty, but (laughs) it's vulgar. And uh, this is the equivalent, really, in New Hampshire of Donald Trump skipping the debate in Iowa. It cost him votes. And I think people will think thrice now when they go into that ballot box and say, look, I've tried to send a message all along through Donald Trump to the establishment, but now i got to get serious about sending somebody to the White House. The voters, they've thought very deeply about policy, and they have the reasonable expectation that the candidates have thought about it, too. And I think that's, that's actually something that could hurt Trump in South Carolina and beyond. If people start to see that he's not 
he says he's for the little guy, but he's actually built a lot of his businesses on the backs of the little guy. And he's a lot of little guys through eminent domain or through uh -huh. not paying um, contractors after you've built something. The little guys have you know, suffered a barn bird of an article two weeks ago. Is they're starting to talk about victims of Trump University, victims of Trump in Atlantic City. Before that, it was his conservative apostasies. Now it's actually you. You're for the little guy, but you've built your business on the backs of the little guy. Yeah. Look, it's one thing to hurl personal insults at somebody's wife, and that cost Mr. Trump dearly in Wisconsin and dearly among women voters all across this country. Read the polls. Mr. Trump loves the polls. You live by the polls. You die by the polls. But it's quite another to accuse Ted Cruz himself and professionals who have been at this as long as you have, Ed, uh, practically, of, of committing a felony and breaking a law. I mean, we could just brush it off, but it shows you the danger of just saying things that aren't true. You can whine and complain all you want that you didn't know the rules and you changed the rules. And I would, I would also say there's an analysis today that Donald Trump's won 35 percent of the popular vote, but 40 percent, 42 percent of the delegates so already. So apparently they like the rule. They like those rules. You're going to look the viewers in the eye and tell them that it's a false report that Stone and others are saying we will publish that where your hotel room is. I didn't. We will say come that and knock false. on your door and threaten you if you don't support. Well, and I is that okay? Say, I didn't. I never said that that report was false. We can obviously see that on a video we campaign see, that he no, was you know, we love from. to see Kaylee Donald Trump stand up and say, Roger Stone, cut the crap. Stop threatening people in their lives. That's not democracy. Well, I mean, you want to be commander in chief and president of the United States, president of the free world. You're going to be asked tough questions. But I have to just say, as a, as a pro-lifer with many pro-life candidates who are very disappointed, very pro-life causes are very disappointed today, they don't need four or five times to get it right. They would have gotten it right the first time because the pro-life community is of one mind on this. You do not punish the woman. And let's be honest, Kaylee, Mr. Trump has gotten $2 billion worth of free earned media coverage so far, according to the Washington and post analysis recently so if you live by the media questions sometimes you have to die by the media questions and sometimes it's just not a good day for the home team okay see, so see what we can do yeah, oh so professional eric when you played that when you showed me that clip i didn't know that existed yeah she was on the other side and then all of a sudden trump's campaign comes along they hire her she's good at what she does Obviously, that's why they hired her, and she's been brilliant for Donald Trump. And can, can, oh, go ahead, go ahead. But the thing is, we know she's full of shit. Her opinion is for sale. She's proven it. She will talk about whatever issue you're paying her to talk about it. Yes, she's good at it. But when your opinion's for sale, why do we give a fuck? Why do we even give her the time on the TV? And by the way, for anybody that would say, "Well, people have a right to change their opinion," because you know. Like we always talk about who's going to end up listening to our podcast, but I always imagine that somebody that has different views than us will listen to it. That At what level, you don't know. Are there hardcore Trump supporters listening to my podcast? Probably not. But if they were, I would say just before you start with – I love when someone's logic doesn't add up because they get caught in their own lies. So let's say somebody would say, well, Todd, people change their opinion. Isn't that what's – you know, that's what I would say if I was on the other side. I'd have to sell it somehow. You know, that's a good thing. People change your opinion. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Maybe she liked him. Now she likes him. That happens. Then show me the math. Right. And by the way, I hold Hillary accountable to the same thing. I'm not voting, voting for Hillary because I think, oh, she's overwhelmingly great and has a few things I don't like. I don't like that she didn't vote for gay marriage. And, and I will tie this back. And I, and I, and I don't believe she either. Uh, 
did it because of a change of opinion, and I'll tell you why. Now, if someone is saying the same thing about Hillary, hey, how do you know Hillary didn't change her opinion? Kellyanne Conway, people change, they grow. God, God, that's what you say people should do. And then Hillary changed her stance. Well, let's say you're right, and she did change her stance. Let's start with Hillary. She did. She just changed her stance. Then there's something else not too bright about you. And, and I think Hillary's brilliant, but you'll know what I mean in this one area. I, it's more it's, – she should be more proud that for some reason – I don't know why she didn't change her stance. Because if she did, and that's how she evolved, where's the math? They make you show your math in school so you know you did the work. You're talking about real quick in 2012. Yes. Mm-hmm. When they asked her if she was for engaged marriage, right. and she said no, very clearly and very uh, little, a little, um, you know, uh, snipey. You know what the word is? Like a little bit like this is not open for debate type of a thing. But I will. I'm. I'm going to go finish with my thought here. Um, but they, and thank you for clarifying that. Uh, so, 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 what's to say she didn't just grow and change? Well, then show me the math. And like I said, they ask you to show your math in school so they know you did the work. They didn't co- you didn't copy. So you might think, well, how would Hillary copy? Copy the p- opinion of the American Pulse. So show me your math. Yeah. And <laughs> the math is you learned. Because let me tell you something. If I went the other way and was against gay marriage in a year, you, would that be crazy? Wouldn't that be a story to be told? Right. How did Todd go from this to against gay marriage? So I would tell the story because I'd feel I need to because my opinion has changed so much so people wouldn't think I was crazy. I would say here's what happened. Now, if Hillary changed her opinion on gay marriage through life and learning and maybe meeting gay people, where's that story? Now, if some people go, hold on, Todd, are you positive she doesn't have it? No, I'm not positive she doesn't have it. But I'm weary of someone that wouldn't want to share that story because they say you're supposed to talk about what's the most interesting about you. That's how most people are comfortable. Well, that's very interesting. That's a lot of growth. And I can't believe I've listened to you talk a lot and you could use a story like that. Right. So why didn't you tell it? And that makes me doubt that if you copied, you didn't copy homework, but you copied the pulse of the American public. Yeah, even my own dad. I'm still voting for her, right. but it proves I'm not stupid. I'm not, I'm not like people – yeah, and I will say it. The hardcore Trump supporters, they don't dig into it like that. I dig into the meat of it, but yes, I'm still voting for it. I was going to say even my own dad has that story where he thought that uh, homosexuality was a choice. Uh, then I had a nephew that came out. Gross. Uh, ooh. Then uh, the family didn't really treat him that well, and he attempted suicide several times. And my dad goes, yeah, that's how I know that it's not a choice because if it was a choice – I don't think Zach would have chose it. So that's him showing that's the math. That's his story, right? That's yeah. him showing the math. How can you know that story? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe even your dad was proud of it. Who wouldn't be? That they, they, that's, you know, as much as there's other areas he won't change. So that's my point with, with, with Kellyanne Conway. You, it would be... Uh, we're talking about Hillary. It's, a, it's, a, it's, one, it's one issue, a big issue. But you, oh, my God. It's every issue. It's every issue. That you have and you, to begin so, so paycheck you, for. Right. So you are my new phrase called you got your hand co- in the cookie jar. And you know what all these people – I wish everybody heard it. I really do wish every Kelly and Conway, people that are just like we said, it's not even in the gray area, heard this. They won't. I get it. But I would love them to hear it because I think it would – you know what? When you're not doing the podcast, we talk differently. I just went to say something, and then I thought that doesn't sound nice. But I was going to say is if she heard it, it might start eating at her soul, and that means I sort of wanted it to. I don't wish anybody pain ever, but 
it is hard to look at her lie. And it's also, I talk about what it does to your face. Water pouring off of your face because you think you wiggle out of it. And you think, yeah, there's times you wiggle out better than others. And at your worst, you wiggle out. You don't know when you're drop dead, fucking caught, red-handed, hand in the cookie jar. You're fucking caught. Or sweat would be pouring out of you all the time. And you could never uh, quench, quench your thirst. If you knew how many people, not always, not always. It's very important to say that. There's times you do it brilliantly, and you know how I know? There are the times I might not even notice. I go, well, that's actually a good point. And then there's times in between I go, fuck, they really know how to make it a wash. You know, you do this, we do this, we're both, you know. But then sometimes they're caught, and we know it. We know it. And and if you knew we knew it, whew. And that's comforting to me to go, you don't have to admit it for us to know it. I think they think that's part of the full circle. If I never admit it, if I never admit it, they'll never know it. And that's sad because you're fucking, we're way off with that. Way fucking off. But the problem with Trump is he's a sociopath. So he will lie to us knowing that we know the truth. Well, isn't that, I never, remember we were watching Lawrence O'Donnell talk about that. And I never even knew, like, the way he said it. Like, he knows we know he's lying. He, he knows. Right. And he still can't help himself. And he and he knows, by the way, all the people that might be kissing his ass. You know, there's some people that said he was nice on the show that that maybe even knew he wasn't some some not always. Some probably just could have had a good experience with him. I get that. There's people that for whatever the reason, they had a good experience with him. Then there's those people that try to just, you know, like they they, they want a job down the road sometimes. And uh, so he knows you're full of shit. He doesn't even trust you because you trust him. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, why he knows would, you're full of shit. Why would he hire a liar? <laughs> <laughs> and Mitt Romney, remember he made that speech, and I even, you know, at one point when they're, you're all against the common enemy, you even start going, oh, Mitt Romney, he did a really good job. And then I heard Samantha B say, no, they caused this. Correct. And uh, you, 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 should you elaborate, or do most people know what we mean? Oh, I think that... They caused it. Trump didn't just come along with these ideas and people go, oh, yeah, that's how. Oh, you're right. Trump exaggerated what the right wing has been saying for eight years. They've been uh, fear based. They've been trying to delegitimize the president. They blame problems on uh, Mexicans and the open borders and too much government. And all Trump did is recap what they've been saying for eight years, and people loved it. Right. And where... So I always try to... I try to remember to go, okay, how can we take responsibility for this? And I say we, there might be people listening, hey, why don't you take responsibility? Maybe that's how I should say it. But you'll know I mean we. But I (laughs) try to look for a place where we... I go right back to we. <laughs> I tried to find a, where we could take responsibility, and I think we always can do it. And I am going to say we because I'm pretty sure I'm right. We need to go, okay, we don't have to be the worst person in the world, but what could we do? How did we let this happen? How did we let this happen? You might think, what do we do? All we do is we preach the opposite. That doesn't mean we couldn't do more. We don't even have to do a lot more. But how many times do we not say anything? I have definitely in the last two years, I still am creative about it. At a Thanksgiving dinner, it might not be the time. 
That's, that's okay. That, some people would even say that's smart to pick and choose. There are times not to say anything. Although with this, if someone did, I have no problem with it. As long as they're calm and nice and very well-spoken. And I, I don't – but I'm – oh, also Kevin Sousa, almost, Dr. Kevin Sousa said, no, there are times. But there have been other times where I do speak up. Somebody will say something. And I go, God, I would have let that go because I didn't want to take the time. Imagine if everybody did that. I, I said, it's, what if in one day, not anybody changing anybody's beliefs. We also do that. But if just one day, everybody believed exactly what they believe. Nobody has to change a thing. That's pretty nice for homework, isn't it? Hey, tomorrow, you know what you already believe? Believe it, but louder. A mm-hmm. little louder. Right? Yeah, and this is my problem with people that... Uh... And, uh, you, would you say you or two? Because I'd say me. Do you find yourself ever maybe, hey, maybe I'll say something here when you wouldn't have four years ago or five years ago? Oh, I definitely do a lot more than I used to. But there's still areas where I go, oh, God damn it. I know I should say something to correct the record. I just don't want to get into that right now. Um, You were going to say something else. I was going to say us taking accountability for stopping uh, the last eight years of this kind of behavior that they've created is – uh, go vote. People that are saying, well, I don't like Hillary either, so I'm not going to vote. That drives me nuts because, okay, fine. You have your grievances with Hillary. I understand it. But I don't understand how you don't want to send a message to Donald Trump and the people like Donald Trump that we absolutely do not want your fucking kind in our politics. I heard it. And look, I'll be able to explain this enough to make it make sense, but I'm paraphrasing. But I heard someone explaining to somebody, I had to be educated why sometimes it is okay to vote for somebody that you know isn't going to win. And sort of what was explained to me was that, by the way, I'm swinging around, still voting for Hillary, so everybody can go through the story without thinking I'm taking a turn. Maybe you'll enjoy it a little more. Uh, that Why? Because let's say that, the the uh, what do you call those the independents let's say they l- like bernie bernie this year i think next time an independent it proves wow my vote won't be wasted so if we if we don't start somewhere throwing votes their way then we'll never have an independent is that basically the gist of why even if you don't agree you would say why some people will cast a vote for someone they know wouldn't win correct okay um and whether you agree or disagree with that, you don't have to agree with that. Some people might go, well, that's ridiculous. Some people say if you cast a vote for the lesser of the evil, you still voted for the lesser of the evil. I get it. And all that makes sense. But here's how I heard it explained to someone why to vote for Hillary. That does make sense. Everything that was just said, why not? Don't cast a vote for because this isn't the year to fuck around. Mm-hmm. You just take it. Just this isn't the four years. It's you know. And by the way, the Trump supporters are doing the same thing that we're doing. I get it. They are saying that one's right and one's wrong, and we'll wait to history to tell. But they're doing exactly what we're doing. No matter how much things they hear about him that are bad, they go no. They think the world is it's fucked up. And even though he's let's say the best of his supporters, the best of his supporters, that no, that's fucked up. I don't think the ones that are really going no. I don't want someone in office, unfortunately, that might have groped women. And that no, I don't. Fucking, I, I get it. And he's fucking lying, and I know he's telling the goddamn. I know he's fucking lying. I know those women are telling the truth, but I'm still voting for him, and I fucking hate it. There are those people because I know with Hillary, but I don't think some of the things are as vile, and I still think because of where we're at today and how Bernie has influenced her, and there's a there's also a movement now that by far she will be better in office, 
and I can't explain it fully, but what was I talking about? Because I want to wrap that thought. Oh, yeah. What we could do. And this isn't the time to fuck around with that. That's sort of – and it made sense to me. Just – I do do that another time. Right, like uh, Ross Perot got a lot of – Some people are so angry at me right now. A lot of votes (laughs) – they think that maybe uh, Ross Perot was responsible for Bill Clinton winning the election, uh, so Republicans didn't like that. But had you kept voting for a third party, maybe they keep doing a little better and a little better and a little better. Right. But you're right. This is not the This time. isn't the year. We could have been okay with Romney having the nuclear codes. Uh, John McCain would have not taken the country completely down the you, drain. You know what's a shame? It's that's only what we're using, and I'm happy to use it because it scares people and me. But really, on a daily basis, it's not even him having this to his his finger on the be able to the nuclear code that really scares me. It's more that people forget behind issues are people, mm-hmm. and I know everyone knows that phrase and they hear it. It goes in at one year. No, really, there are people, and they get. It's not an issue. These are people, and he will torture a lot of people, and. Um, I have, so I have a, so I have another a thought about that. So, and I've said this before, but I think now's a perfect time to squeeze it in there. Like, how can we take responsibility about this? Look, we're not supposed to turn around and do. We, I know it's a no shit type of a comment, and I know people don't realize they're doing it on surface level. So, if anyone that near, needs to understand this and have it soak into them, just like when I. Just like when I get an email that corrects me on something or doubts something I'm saying, I'll admit at first my feathers get ruffled, but I listen and I read it. I don't, and I really don't just not apply it to changing my thought because I wrote it off because I'm already in stone in the way I feel. I really do read it. So I get it. Everybody does. But when we talk about taking responsibility, and I certainly take on my own, we also have to talk about groups that turn around and do exactly what was done to them to another group. And just because they flip and they turn and they don't think they're doing it, that doesn't mean – remember Hancock caught in the cookie jar? You don't, we don't have to say something. Uh, we don't have to say something and you admit you were caught. And I'm saying caught. I am saying caught because if you throw enough logic somewhere, you can, you can catch somebody. It's, not, it's an aggressive word, but – and I'm talking about gay people, black people, Jewish people. It, look, I can't list all of them, but anybody who's been judged on outside the content of their character should not turn around and do it to another group. And just because you've convinced yourself you're not, because I know you're not going to go, you know what, I was being judged because of not the content of my character, and now I'm doing it to another group. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not stupid. You try to convince yourself why it's not and why it's different. Just know from afar that somebody is standing 10 feet away from you that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Remember, there's brilliant people in the world, and they are watching you and knowing you are doing it. It doesn't matter whether you ever admit it. That's what you're doing. And it's hard for us to get mad at straight white people for not being homophobic or racist, when we can't get the one group that here's what should be the story. How come black people or gay people or women, they don't really turn around and you go, well, of course, because they felt the wrath of it. Of course, they're not going to turn around. But again, here's when I scream. But you can't say that. 
Because they do, they, they perpetuate it, they turn around and they do it to the next group. You were, if, if you can't learn a lesson, you could be a super PAC. We could end. When we talk about how we could take responsibility, if every minority would get together and stop passing it on, and I'm not talking about the ones that don't. Those people are to be commended. That's a moment. Let's say I don't want to commend myself, but say I'm proud of it. I really go, don't turn around, do it to the next group. Sometimes it happens accidentally. It could be transgender people or it could be, you know, whatever it is. And next thing you know, you go, oh, I'm doing that. Or people that are heavy. Turning around, deciding that that's not what was done to me. If every person that is, that's been judged outside of the content of their character decided to get together and not turn around and do it to the next group, they could be a, a powerhouse. They could be a powerhouse. You'd be a free train of positivity. If you could just go, all right, I'm doing it. Yeah, it takes a moment in life. It's like getting off drugs to go, what the fuck? And Daniel Callison pointed out something. That uh, was this one of those things oh, on, a, on a little bit of a lighter, but he said on some of – and I'm like, to George Carlin, I'm not saying, oh, Daniel Callison. I, uh, I've never gone on a website to uh, – a dating website. I'm not against them or anything. I've just never, never gone on. But um, he was saying that on a lot of the – there's different hatred on different ones. But he said that somebody that works on his staff that's gay was talking about the same – because I was talking about this at Sarah Silverman's party, which Eric was there. And – they heard me talking about it, and they go, you know, it's funny. We heard you talk about it because somebody on my staff was saying that on the gay website says no fatties, no femmes. Uh, they're doing it to their own group, not let well, alone the next group. Can I tell you what they'd say? If, if it's, if it's some, hey, by the way, some people would hear that and go, oh, my God, I'm taking that off my website. That, I have that. There's a, they, I get it. Those people, you're to be proud of yourself. But most people, even intelligent people, go, well, I, the shoulders go up. And it's the shoulders go up and they, it's the same thing that was said about if you don't want your daughter to marry, uh, you know, if you're black and you don't want your daughter to marry a white person or you're white, you're, I, I can't have it. I'm not I'm not, you know, the shoulders go up and you go, well, I don't I'm not attracted to feminine people and I don't want any people that are heavy. I'm not the shoulders go up and you go put your shoulders down. You have a, you would no we're not you don't don't please don't 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 be disrespectful to me and act like we're having a conversation about you have to be attracted to what you're not attracted to we're talking about in the way that you say it right, there's people that I'm not attracted to but I don't go around pointing them out well they'd say they're not doing that because they're reading it but even when someone's reading it there's a kinder way to say that even if you have to get help those words are powerful and you should go I guarantee if you ask three people. I bet you ask three people about other things, a shirt that they like or shoes that they like or something you did in your house. Ask three people, hey, is there a kinder way I can say this? I bet the three of you could do a pretty kick-ass job. But the bigger point is not to reword your website on, on, on dating websites. It's turning around and doing it to the next group. And, you know, I, I almost want to be a bully about it. Every time they pick on a – I always say white straight guy because, you know, not that white straight guys can't have their problems. But we're talking about a different thing, societally brought on. Uh, people have problems that we get. It aren't minorities. People have deep problems that have nothing to do with it. But we're talking about the ones that do. And just uh, – it just, it, it just – yeah, I, I would just like the powerhouse that they could be. The powerhouse. You just have to stop doing it to the next group. You too. <laughs> and also, what? Give me a break. Say something. I don't even leave a squeeze in <laughs> an inch for you to say. What's we, that? We only have one more thing. 
Let's do it. Okay. So the other thing is about when people say, is he going to apologize? You know, someone they do it a lot over the years. Is this person going to be apologized? Somebody says something incredibly racist. Is who going to apologize? You know, is, is, uh, is Trump going to apologize for those accusations, what he said? Or, you know, when they're asking people to apologize for things that are said that are deep, deep, deep racist or prejudiced thoughts. Oh, okay. You can't apologize for that. It, you, you have to – you can't apologize cancer away. You have to get treatment. And you can apologize. Yes, there are things you don't need treatment for, but you just apologize to the American public. It's not treatment. You fucked up and it's – no – and then there's things that aren't that. There's things that you need you need help on. So all you could do is go, please watch what I do over the next year. Watch the help I get and judge me. Please give me some time. I want to make you proud. The saying that, no, you can't just go ask for forgiveness. You can't apologize away cancer. So when they all go, they're going to apologize. They can't mean it, even because you think they meant it. No, they can't apologize that away. Whether, you know, you got to do something about that. That takes treatment. So when they're asking for forgiveness, I'm going, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't get rid of that with an apology. But I don't see them asking for forgiveness. Well, that's, what I'm, that's my point. Huh. Well, oh, no, they will say, though, I'm sorry. They'll say I'm sorry. They'll be like, and then we wonder if it's real or false. It can't be real because there's no treatment. It doesn't, it's like it's beyond, oh, they, they could mean it. They could think they mean No, they don't even mean it. They're emba- basically, I'm, uh, simply said, they're embarrassed they got caught. Not embarrassed of their – and being embarrassed you got caught needs treatment. <laughs> That's all it is. It's like, no, I believe what I said. Oh, I did I did think of one last thing. Remember we said that how – do we have, we know we have close friends and they're in that group of people. They're voting for Trump. They don't agree with him socially. But they – we guessed that they could financially – he could financially help them, you know, like answer their problems, right? Isn't that what we – remember talking about that? Uh, you know anybody like that? I think uh, no. I, I think that the people that I know that are voting for him um, don't care about what he said socially. Well, that's sort of what. Yeah, that's what, exactly what I had. I never thought that to be honest. I always thought no. We and by the way, these people might exist, but I think there's a bigger group. And if they don't like that I say this, and I'm wrong, good. You deserve to be pushed a little. Um, it definitely happened with Romney. I saw that there, oh, were, people there that, were people like, "Ooh, I don't agree socially, but goddamn it, he's got the the problems to our economic." Uh, right, right, right. And I say, if you remember, if you don't have the answers to our, if you're not socially aware and fair and kind, you don't have our our social problems are our economical problems. You can put a bandaid on it, right? But the reason I was excited for someone like Bernie to get into office, I thought he'd put the right group around him, and I thought. He was going to care about everybody. And when you care about everybody, that's – you can put a Band-Aid on it. Reagan – if you don't make this very clear, people go, what about Reagan? He did it. He put a Band-Aid on it. I'm talking about fixing it, and you cannot fix things economically. You will never fucking fix things economically, ever, right. until someone that has high power and also is just fair and kind and loving to everybody on this planet. Right. Like Bernie Sanders. But you're saying if you're not uh, socially progressed, you're probably not smart enough to have the ideas to fix the economy either. Exactly. Exactly. And some people go, you have to say put a Band-Aid. Otherwise, people could find a loophole in this. They could be like, well, look at Reagan. He wouldn't even say the word AIDS and blah. Put a Band-Aid on it. Put a Band-Aid on it. Just like if you had a business 
And you had manager after manager after manager, and one knew something about this. One worked at Applebee's for 10 years. The other one had a law degree. The other one had this. But who's the one that came in and just everybody started working? Our numbers went up there incredibly. She knew nothing about finance. Oh, that was Rachel. She uh, didn't care. We had all types of people working for us, gay people, straight people, heavy people, thin people, rich people, poor people. And it was fair to everyone, and she was a loving presence. Oh, and then everything worked itself out. Yeah, just like in a business, that's the world. Right. So, but anyway, I used to think there were some people that voted for Trump that that they don't agree with what he says socially, but they can just move past it and vote for him because he'll fix the he has the answers to our economical problems. Then I realized. No, I think those night. people are full of shit. I think they're full of shit. I think they're. Pre- I think they are more racist than we know they are. I think mm-hmm. they they're not looking past it. They agree with it. They agree with it. I bet there's a lot of people that are silently going, I hate to say it, and the shoulders go up. Because, you know, when you say something that's vile and wrong and whacked, if you put your shoulders up and you mumble it, because I never mumbled a kind thing a day in my life. I never went, I hate to say it, but I wish people would be loving to everybody. So just because you do your little voice, I hate to say it. Well, then don't, then don't fucking say it. Right. I hate to say it, but I mean, I get pulled over and I don't, uh, you know, they don't fucking get it. They put their shoulders up and they go, listen, I'm just a guy that believes that everybody should earn a buck. And is that wrong? Your shoulders are up. By the way, the shoulders are your ears now because even you know you're full. I'm just the type of guy. People say you can't uh, discern body language. I do believe body language is real. Mm-hmm, Experts celebrate. You don't think saying, who says this when they're positive, when they're spreading, you know, I hate to say it. Oh, you're whispering it. So your thoughts are your whispering it because what because the world's stupid and they don't get your brilliance or maybe deep down what what is it i hate to say it but i mean you know what trump says about the wall i mean what are we supposed can i say one last thing and then i will we'll move off this topic of course i'm gonna put it in here um and by the way ann calter says she pays for welfare for everybody and we pay for hate if we can't make people not be hateful because it costs the American tax dollar, we should just not be hateful because it causes people harm. But goddamn, if we could say you're paying for the hate, trust me, you're paying for the hate. You're so worried about bills. You're so worried about insurance premiums. Don't, I guarantee you an expert in psychology could absolutely with clarity tell you that if we were kinder to everybody – that there'd be people there's, that, that wouldn't have to be on medicine. Some people would, but other people wouldn't. There'd be people, there'd be less suicides. There'd be less people in hospitals. We'd be kinder to people. People don't think we don't pay a price for a not, uh, you know, wrong judgment on people on this planet. All righty. Oh, I feel good, actually. Good. Is that good? Are you happy? Yeah, that's, uh, that was our Trump list. Yeah, we done. got it all done. We did a good job. Oh, Oh, please don't punch me. Please. I thought of one more thing. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, we call, I call it the two T's. And if we're going to make something positive out of it, negative. Not at all happened for a good reason. I'd rather it never happen. It happened. And then you try to, what can you scrape out of this? And I call it the two T's. Like I say, Trump and Twitter. Trump didn't create people that were negative. It just gave them a voice. And Trump did not create these people. He, they were always there. They were, they were stewing. And then he... Gave them a voice, but they were always there. Maybe uh, that – look, I'll say it, but every, maybe I won't say it right, but maybe that was necessary for us to have empathy for people out there, what they really go through. Look, we all know the world is a better place. And If you don't say this, then you just have to throw in the town and be negative. 
So if you don't agree with this, you're just going, so what should we – no, we have a long way to fucking go, but we are better than we were. It's okay to say that. We don't have to be where we want to be to give our – to give the American people a pat on the back sometimes, including us, that we've gone we – have, we have done a lot. Oh, yeah. But this maybe lets us know, maybe for people that are in interracial marriages or black people or transgender people that feel the heat on the neck. Transgender wouldn't really exist in this category because in this case he hasn't really talked about that. But interracial couples, black people, Mexican people that feel the heat on their neck. Now remember these people, when they encounter these people in regular life, they can't say anything. Right. They can't there say was anything. a lot of people suffering in silence and now it's come to a boil and we're saying no, fuck this. Let's have this argument. Yeah. Let's get this over with. Let's stop people from suffering. If you want to say that oh, it's a more contentious time than ever in history, well, yeah, because we're sick of it. We're sick of people yeah. having to suffer in silence. You don't. You, yeah. You don't think black people, uh, black people, or uh, you know, I, I never know what list to make. Everyone knows the list. I'm talking about you know anybody that Trump hates. Women, women, women being, uh, or, or sexually assaulted is something that. Yeah, we've just pushed under the rug yeah. for yeah, way li- too long. I like that he said on that thing to Kelly, uh, the news reporter, Kelly Files. Uh, You're obsessed with sex. She answered it brilliantly, but I wish you'd have said, Who- "I never talked about sex, not one time." Baiting him to go, "Yeah, we talk about the Trump bus." You go, "Where was there sex there?" Yeah, you call that sex? Oh, that's sex to you. You're implying that it was uh, consensual. Hey, by the way, how about implying that that it was sex? <laughs> Just implying that was sex, and she did say it brilliantly, but man, she would have baited him for that because all she would have had to do is say, I never talked about sex once on this show. And you know he would have come rip-roaring back with, yeah, the bus, that, that. Mr. – what's his name? Mr. what? Gangridge. No, what, Newt he, Gangridge. Mr. – he has a name. He's Speaker. Mr. Speaker. You didn't see sex when you saw that or talked about it, did you? But anyway, so the two T's, and you don't think there's – some uh, mom that's, you know, the black in a CVS and the, her son drops the ice cream. And she goes, why do I think that manager's like being meaner to me than other people? And then she goes, oh, my God, I'm fucking crazy and feels the heat. And now we know they feel the heat just because these people can't can say these things to them to their face. These people feel the fucking heat on their neck. And maybe it's a good feeling to go. Yes, this is what we deal with. We're not saying that we don't also deal with kind, loving, decent, awesome, great people. But that's the heat we feel every day of our fucking lives. You see that 10, 15,000 people gathered around him in a rally? Picture thousands and thousands of thousands more just hating us. That's not fake. That's not someone using the race card. They, they all want to end racism. But I have news for you. That's up to you. Why does my voice change? Because it's sad. They think that black people or anybody wants to deal with any hate. They want it over more than you. This is in your court. And that's what you don't realize. This is in your court. So you don't want it to end because you'd have to be fair and say everybody was equal. Right. And that would know. fucking end it. That's, that would end it. Then you wouldn't feel that you were better than someone else. Well, oh, yeah. Well, so, so I hope you're benefiting by it. Ba-dum-bum, bump, ba dum ba-dum-bum, bump, ba-dum-bum. Wow. Say, say what you said about – because it's such a light topic to give me a chance to – about the, the, the ridiculousness of the royal family. Oh, the pictures that went around. First it was Obama <laughs> squatting down, shaking the hand of King George. He was in his little robe. And then uh, it went viral again because Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada, uh, Prince George, didn't want to shake his hand. You're – Bowing down to a fucking child. Stop it. Stop it. 
Come on, stop it. I agree. <laughs> because he was born to a certain... Oh, fucking get over stop. it. Stop. Let's end this Come on, we're better shit. than that. We got enough stuff to deal with that's, that's, that we might have to argue about. Let's not act like this is real. That's the ultimate case of putting someone on a pedestal for how they were born. Yeah. You know what happens if you don't bow to somebody? Uh, uh, when you find out the greatness that's in them, you bow to them by nature. You're like, oh my God, I'm in the right. presence of Maya Angelou. Okay, that, right. not even a bow, but like, no, we don't just bow to people because you were bred into... It's silly. Come on. You admit it's silly. Hey, by the way, if you want to keep doing it, will you just admit it's silly? Will you admit it? Come on. Can, can we meet in the middle here? You just say, well, I know it's silly, but I like it. I like it. I like it. By the way, I feel like as we move on to another topic, the, you know, this, the, the Trump thing has definitely affected bullying in school. And my brother's a teacher. And it's really, really affected it because parents it's are talking. Getting worse. Yeah. yeah, parents are talking, and they feel they feel empowered. They got someone in that might be the feel how empowered. You, think about how much they're talking on that end. Think about how empowered they must feel right now, and and good, and fucking good. They are still close to thinking they might have someone that could fucking make this world a better place, and he might get into office, and it's going to be. Let me tell you something. It's going to be fucking great. So they're talking and talking. Believe me. And the kids hear it, and they go to school. And I'm, you know, at the end of this, I'm going to play something. It's a mother talking about her son that was bullied, and it'll shred your guts. But I think important to hear. You know, for anybody that thinks, oh, bullying's a part of life. I always say this. I said it in the book. Kids will have their first death. Kids will have their first breakup. There'll be plenty, of, plenty of heartbreak. It does not have to be brought on mm-hmm. by unnecessary reasons. So, I'll tell you. Well, I think you say something about um, you're just being another natural disaster. That's my new favorite thing to say. Right. We're we're here. Life's hard enough. And you're going to go make it harder for someone else. That's all we're here for is to counteract natural disasters. We have earthquakes. We have floods. We can't control them. People are only here. If there was a plan for us, it's to be kind to everybody. And when we find it difficult, work the f- work it out. Work it out when it's difficult. Notice I'm not setting up a fake scenario. We wake up tomorrow. Some people, by nature, by who who raised us, a lot of mine has to do with my parents. It, all of it has to do with my parents. All of it. Just really, just from a young age, just witnessing them have all. I say it, but I'll say it here too. Not it's not always white, black, Jewish, Chinese. It's it's rich, poor. Fat, thin. Mm-hmm. Some people wouldn't have friends because of their wealth or their, you know, my parents just liked people. And that's why at our house, there was always all types of people. So I just watched it. So I'm not saying that I get it. If that's not what your situation is, if it doesn't come, but at least work at it. We're not asking you to be perfect, but that's all you're here for. And if you're not doing that, and I've said it before, and a lot of, a lot of these people, because it's religiously brought on, I'm not saying there aren't atheists that are full of hate. Sounds silly, though. But, but of course there are. We're not implying that. But we're saying a lot of it's brought on by people that are really worried about their eternal life. And if you only knew that exactly what you're here for, even if there is a maker, I'm telling you, he would say you were there just to be kind and make everybody breathe easier. So if you chose not to do that, you were a natural disaster. You were just a disaster. What, what, what did you say the other day? Maybe not brought on as much as an earthquake, but... Oh, you know, because an earthquake does the damage instantly. 
You're doing it's a, a delayed release. Yeah, over your whole period, just making people uncomfortable. And you go, well, it's it's not it's up for it's up for debate. I mean, Todd, you think you're right, and I think, uh, and people that disagree with me that whether it's whatever issue, whatever it is, not understanding the plight of people's problems. And the reason some people can't understand the plight of people's problems, it's sort of something I said before, is because you don't understand. I don't. I don't. I don't want to yell. I don't. I shouldn't be yelling. Um, that you don't want to treat medical things topically all the time. I learned a new way to say this, right? That makes sense. You can't always treat medically things topically. Sometimes things are coming from some serious problems. And thank God your doctors know that. And you get to reap the benefits of someone that understands that medically you cannot always treat it topically. For instance, if your tooth, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again because it's clean and it's nice and it's right here. If your tooth hurts here, thank God your doctor knows that the, 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 the bad tooth could be on the other side. It's like diverted pain. So he understands. He understands that med- medically it's... That's it's just crazy. Your tooth hurts here, but your body, the way it's wired, it goes all the way over here. Mm-hmm. Thank God your doctor doesn't know knows that, or he would just drill into the good tooth and go, nope, it's right there. That'd be, uh, I think, someone like uh, um, Bill O'Reilly, if he was a dentist. Because he would just <laughs> keep drilling into the good tooth, and, and the other doctor would go, no, you don't understand. It's, it's hard to explain it. Like, systemic racism. Yes, I get why you think this, but let me explain something. It's just as scientific as the, the tooth. But Bill O'Reilly would be the dentist, and the other guy would trying to explain, let's say the other dentist is John Stewart, going, no, no, you don't understand. He goes, oh, there's the tooth that he's pointing to that has pain. No, you don't understand. It, it looks like it's there, but it actually is, comes from over here. It's very complex. No, and Bill O'Reilly would just drill into it and drill into it. And sort of from his perspective, I get it. The guy's pointing to that tooth. Why the fuck wouldn't Bill O'Reilly be right to drill right into the, good, the tooth that he's pointing to? Same thing socially. We get why certain people go, come on, you drive through those neighborhoods. and the Things, there's a reason. And it stems back whether you want to believe it or not. So, there's that. You don't have a sound effect for that? No. <laughs> hey, you want to do a fake call with Lenny Bruce? Because remember, I always love tackling this topic because it's always, it always needs to be talked about. Someone says, when do you stop talking about something? When it stops happening. Stop punching me. Stop punching me. Stop. When are you going to stop saying stop punching me? When you stop punching me. <laughs> Why are you making it look like I'm crazy? This needs to be talked about. So you know how we always say that it still goes on. I found out that I have a lot of friends that I, I figured out that are not as ironclad as I am about the whole you can't say anything anymore. They, they still – they say they know what I mean, but I still think they love talking more about no one can take a joke anymore. I heard on Twitter, nobody can take a joke anymore. Like, is that really what you think it is? Kids – by the way, there's more great comics today because of the internet. See, mm-hmm. you know what happens when I say this and it makes sense when I prove – yeah, I feel like I proved something. It's like, what are you saying anybody can't take a joke, a, a joke anymore? Nobody can take a joke anymore. I just heard someone say this like a week ago. And they know my point of view, and we had a long car ride, and they're a dear, dear friend of mine. But I, I realized if I wasn't around, he'd probably more talk about the negative of, you know, nobody can take a joke anymore, like the PC thing. You can't say anything anymore. Help I don't know how to go. You're, you're misguided. I want to change my tone and just, I wish I could. Like, do you think there's anything I could say? Let's say someone listens to this show and they're like, no, I agree with Todd and the Shea head shakes, but no, I don't. Do you know that I'm not implying that 
sometimes people overreact on Twitter to brilliant jokes. Correct. You, you know I believe that, right? Right. It happened to uh, Colbert once, right? Yes, yes. So if I'm aware of that, like sometimes there's an outcry, no, that joke was brilliant. Thank God that comedian didn't take it out of his act because it's a brilliant joke and a lot of people misunderstood it. That, first of all, that lot of people does not include the world. You didn't hear from the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that just laughed at it and didn't get involved in it. But it's out there, so how come I don't agree with everyone else? Even though I'm agreeing, hey, it happened to Colbert, so why, don't, why is my stance different than everybody else's? Is it? Well, yeah, mine is that overwhelmingly I think the outcry is right a lot. Oh, yeah, uh, but I think that there's a lot of people that agree with you. But some, I, I think. But don't we still hear comedians that we know and respect that go in? Of course we do. And I think what I want to say to them is, when they go, you can't say anything anymore. Uh, go, give me an example. Well, I'll, I'll I'll role play with you, even though you know I know this. Okay, I don't think like what when they go. I don't like what Anthony said. There's people that go. I don't like what he said. I don't agree with him. But come on, you got to admit you can't say anything. When the guy got fired. What did he say, by the way? I don't remember. Well, he was taking – he was uh, – you can go back and listen to it. But he was, he was taking pictures of somebody, but he was – then he got into – said horribly negative and hateful things, racist things on Twitter because he got – someone beat the shit out of him. He said he was taking a picture of a building in New York, but he was taking a picture of a person. But oh. no matter what it was, it's still the same thing. He did get fired. And, but, but sadly enough, I think they don't realize, oh – it's when I don't want to use sarcasm because when it's used at me, I find it disgusting. And I'm trying to take it out of me when I'm talking about a subject, trying to take someone else to go my way. Um, what, what, the company has a right to fire him, exactly, right? Exactly. So, but what if they didn't have that right to fire him? He could say whatever he wants. They, the, the same people would go, you can't say anything anymore. Would be up in arms going, God, you can't fire anybody anymore. Right. Well, you, and that's the thing, but they're saying, I think you can say whatever you want, but also along with that comes somebody being able to say you're fired. Right. And wait, oh, no, no, you don't. And, and, and the other thing is that when they say you can't say anything anymore, okay, I, I want, first, there's two ways oh, to. Oh, without accountability. You want to be right. able to say whatever you want to say. And that be that, and nobody right. comment or react to and it. And then why would being outspoken mean anything? Oh, so you don't want other people to say what they have to say. They can't say anything anymore. Right. Well, that means – well, they would say no. They have a – let's say I'm trying to go from the other person's perspective. No, people are allowed to tweet that they disagree with what he did, but some people, some people would say, but I don't think he should have lost his job. But I'm going to say this, that – you st- and I could see someone saying that. Come on, he lost his job, even if you don't agree with what he said. But when you say, "Oh, guys like Lenny Bruce, like oh, if they, you know, those people all think you know they fought for nothing." They want to say, "Oh, you are very confused." If you could have a call with Lenny Bruce right now, and I think what you're you're not directly saying it. You're trying to pay an homage to him, like here, this brilliant guy fought for be able to say things, and if he only was here today, he'd go, "Jesus Christ!" You're saying you. You 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 hold him in 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 a great way, but if if only he was around today to see what just went on, he'd be like, "Fuck all that work I did, nothing really happened." Wrong. Right. That's what you think he would say. But let me explain something to you. Even though you got fired, you, let's say you like calling him if he could exist somewhere and and go, uh, "Hey, it's Lenny. Hey, it's Lenny." And you're like, "Yeah, you, uh, you, uh, man, things are just like it was then, Lenny. Oh, what happened? What, how long are you in jail?" Oh, I'm I'm not. 
Oh, you got you got fired from your radio show, and then you know Kumail, whatever his name was, would go, yeah, because I know it sucks to you have these things to say, and now you're not allowed to get up on stage and say it anymore. He goes, oh no, I started a podcast three days later. It goes from Florida to Brisbane, London. Is Brisbane in London? Who gives a shit, right? Um, <laughs> no, it's not in London. It's in Australia. Well, my peop- still my message is there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a podcast. The next day it goes from. Oh, it sounds like Lenny goes, hey, it sounds like you can. Hey, I'm sorry you lost that job because I'm sure that was mm, nice getting a paycheck and saying what you want to say. But I don't think you understood what happened back then. I don't I, I think you want right. to come over later. We'll have some coffee from a nice way. No, you just you just have it a little off. If you think that you can't say anything today, you 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 need to come back and let me explain to you what happened back then. Right. And I, because of uh, Donald Trump, we've discovered recently that uh, the New York Times can print the word fuck, and the mainstream media can say the word pussy. So. You actually get to say more than you've ever been yeah. able to say. Of course. You listen to podcasts. You know, just this podcast just alone and satellite radio sort of started this whole thing where so yeah, you're you and I know you know, the whole thing is like that you really need someone from the other side to have this conversation that is let's you know who I want to talk to? Someone that overwhelmingly agrees with me. But they don't it's not as ironclad to them. They go, I know, I know. The person literally said that. They go, Yeah, but you know, no one can it's like no one can take a joke anymore. And I went, just statistics show, like I said before, that we have more amazing comedians that would have not been brought into the media a social you know, couldn't get on The Tonight Show years ago or maybe would have never gotten an HBO special or, or even today a Netflix special. We have a whole group of people that still get popular by some traditional old-fashioned ways. And then we have a slew of comedians that are j- just introduced to the world by purely, you know, podcast right, right. and social media. And yeah, I so you can say, you know, a lot. The, the, nobody can take a joke anymore. I laugh. All goddamn day long at people's tweets, at uh, Facebook posts. At well, they're saying when somebody and, they, they're acting like somebody says something brilliant, right? right. That's the well. The the point is, you can laugh you know, at the yeah, complaining about. We it laugh too. all goddamn day long, but we're, we don't want to hear uh, racist shit. Yeah, and, and it's up for debate. I guess they think that it's racist. I'm going to tell you every time I hear an outcry on a joke, if I had to put a number on it. 25% of the time, I'm like, oh, that was a great joke. 75% of the time, I'm like, that wasn't that good of a joke. Right. You know, your jokes, the, the more taboo subject they talk about. If you're talking about the mall and your joke's bad, no harm done. If you're talking about cancer or 9-11 and you do a really – just put a little more thought into those jokes. Just like right. you would in regular life. You're dealing you with different issues. You know people are going to react a certain way when they hear those trigger words. So it's yeah. your job – to present it in right. a way that they're not going to. Yeah, and we're not talking about the situations where someone has a brilliant tweet and people misunderstand it. That's when I'll defend the right. comedian. And I will, and I'll defend them strong. Anyway, now we're sort of, you know, going over some uh, matters. I don't even have to talk about that. Same thing we've talked about before. Is this drink still freezing cold? Looks so good. Eric had a double shot of Starbucks, you know, in the, the coffee can from the supermarket. And he put it in the freezer. Actually, I put it in the freezer for like half an hour. I wanted it to be freezing cold. It I was. can't drink it. 
But I figure if you can, I can may pretend I'm drinking it when you're drinking it, and it's as oh, cold as I would so want it to be. Really, talk about it to me. Well, like the chips. There were chips of iced coffee on the top. Oh. oh, now the outside has some condensation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, that's how cold it was. Is it's empty, but the can is still freezing. It is still actually. Wow. <laughs> you want to talk about? Uh, God, we have two things to talk about. You ready? Mm-hmm. We, we did. I'm very proud of ourselves. We have religion and, and Black Lives Matter. Let's do it. Which one? Oh, I thought we were going to do both. I know. Which one first? Um, let's get into religion. We both have a hot towel. We're going to reset ourselves. It's so hot we can barely touch it. That's the way you have to start with a hot towel. Oh, Otherwise, if it's not too hot to touch, by the time you get it to your face, it's not hot enough. So you just got to move it around, shake it around. We're going to put it on our face, and we're going to reset ourselves. It's really nice to do. Wow. Wow. forces you to take a deep breath. You know, sometimes you feel weird doing that. Take a deep breath and you don't have a choice when it's on your face for about 20 seconds. And then you literally take it and wipe your arms and your hands off. I know it sounds like, well, I shouldn't say it sounds like, it sounds like nothing. It's the truth. It resets you and you just feel great. After a Mr. Rogers quote. All righty. Now we get right back into talking about <laughs> See, I don't think you do it long enough. You I, say take 20 seconds, I and today. then I always like to do it for at least a minute. You know why I didn't today? Although I'll take longer. Right Today I did extra short because we're recording, and I thought it was wow. too long. But you're right. Even when we do it when we're not recording, I probably, I'm paranoid nobody else wants to do it. That's good to hear. Because I think you're right. It, it, I always turn the stereo off. I've tried mm-hmm. to do it with the music on, thinking, all right, that's mellow music. Has to be no music. And I use a tea kettle for the. I also have a thing someone bought me. Michael, this guy who listens to the show, he bought me a towel warmer. I can put like 10 in there. But usually, if it's two or three people, use the tea kettle, pour the hot. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, if you try to make it from hot water from the sink, you have literally 20 seconds before it goes on your face. So, everyone, you can't do it and walk it over, even when it's boiling, boiling hot water out of the tea kettle onto the washcloth. From when I get three of them over to the dining room table before we eat, even though people are like, whoa, it's so hot. 30 seconds later, would you say? 40 seconds later? Mm-hmm. It's ready to use, right? Uh, maybe even sooner. Yeah. So so if everyone's not seated, that's why I always want everybody seated. If you're going to try this at home, just tell everyone there's a short shelf life to this towel. And just ask them the minute they get it in their hands, as they're trying to cool it off by shaking it around, putting it on the table, lifting it up, putting it down – that from that point on, nobody talks. By the time it gets to the face, let it at least be 45 seconds to a minute. And that's what happens. Wow. So did you say religion first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you said something 
this letter basically and, – and this is the thing when I went, be nice. <laughs> because, you know, you're not going to talk I, – I realize you're not going to talk anybody into anything if there's any tone. And I, yeah, after saying that, I'm sure if you listen to the whole show, there were plenty of areas where I had tone. And, you know, this is an area I'm trying to take all tone out, even though I should always, is because I'm realizing that more than ever, like – You know, take tone out. But you said something to your dad once about, but you're not just doing this because to be a to be a bully or something. Like I think it's negative. Religion. That it does more harm than good. Yeah, like your dad. You're not doing it. You remember yeah. you said to your dad, no, one of us is right here. It, it, it's not. By the way, we all know there's times where there doesn't have to be a right and a wrong. Oh, he said, uh, well, we should just agree to disagree. And I said, no, we should probably. Talk until we figure it out because one of us is wrong and doing a lot of harm to society. Right. Or you want to just agree to disagree. No, someone's doing harm. Is it you or me? There are things to agree to disagree about. But this letter, which is often happens where somebody says, why are we not being – Now, look, I've, we've talked about this before, but I promise you we're hitting it from a different angle because we did talk about religion on the last one, didn't we? Mm-hmm. A lot about how, uh, yeah. Um, but when people say, and when there's organ, I'm going to repeat it in case anyone didn't hear it, but not the whole thing, just the gist of it. The, the, obviously, when you talk about this, you, you, I try to break it down into two categories: uh, the belief of God. Some people that go, "Oh, I don't believe in organized religion; they've just done too much harm." But I believe directly to God. And then there's some people that say, "I don't believe in organized religion, but I believe in God." And um, wait. I think you just said that twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. I just repeated. Okay. And then, well, then I'll flip it. And then there's other people that go, not only do I not believe in organized religion, of course I don't believe in that. I also think there is a danger to thinking that there is a God with the clarity of this. So people don't think, like some people, you find out there's a, there's people that say they're religious. You find out, you know, I think you're atheist. <laughs> You know, because one night that happened at my house, somebody, my friend Mike, I said, he goes, well, what do you mean by when he said to me, my friend Mike goes, what do you mean when you say you're atheist or agnostic or whatever? Uh, no, agnostic, I probably say. I don't know you, in that area. I'm not sure yet. I'm still figuring it out. But I think I'm probably what? I think you're probably agnostic. Okay. I'm not sure. Whatever that means, I don't know what there is, but I'm pretty sure that there is uh, with uh, – you know, with a reasonable doubt, not a reasonable doubt that there's not. And with here's what, how you answer, because God can represent many things. And when you say you don't believe in God, people sometimes think, oh, you don't believe in those 10 things. And you can go, oh, no, I believe in that. Like we talked about Jen Kirkman when someone said you don't believe there's a higher power. And if they didn't ask her that to clarify what not believing in a God meant, she was able to say because, no, 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 I can't push the ocean back. You know, we've talked about that. But. So my friend Mike asked me what it's that I didn't believe. And I said, that's a really good question. And I'll give you the two things. Really clean. One is that everything has a plan, that this person's murdered because that person yeah, that's how you met. Or, or that, um, the, uh, you know, there's, uh, that he, he can pray and uh, your house doesn't burn down. And then God literally alters the winds around your house. That one child shows up home from the war in a, in a body bag and the other child shows up healthy. And that's all part of a plan. And sometimes people think that something bad happened to me. And that's why, of course, that I think this. No, it never did. It's just that 
That's what I don't believe in. And when I said change the course of the winds, he goes, well, I don't think anyone believes that anymore, Todd. I went, oh, no, they do. Oh, no, I think there's people that think that God helped their sports team win. And but, but Mike says, oh, no, 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 because he morphed what he thinks religion is into, you know, like people that go, no one really tells their kids that Noah's Ark is real because they've moved to the point of not saying that anymore. Fifty years ago, people did. They went, yeah, it's real. Just when your child should be rewarded for his instincts, that his smell of something not being real should be rewarded with the biggest hug because you're afraid of maybe where you go when you die, you say, oh, no, that's true. But he, Mike's sort of saying, oh, they don't say Noah's Ark, and I don't think people believe you pray and you can change the course of the winds around your house or that you'll – and I said, oh, to my other friend, Lacey, because I know she believes it, and she walked into the other room. And there were two people that called themselves – you know, basically they were God-believing, but they realized, oh, Mike goes, oh, I don't believe what Lacey believes. So you have to find out what other people believe and then – but. In the meantime, this letter, if I do tell me how much I can concept anything. Is it sort of saying that why aren't we picking on them? They believe in religion. Aren't we being bullies? If someone wants to believe in religion, how come we're not, you know, I, I say to be, don't they say in this letter, I say to be accepting to so many groups, right? But I seem to, did you read that part of it? Yeah, I think that they think that we're tacking, um, we're basically saying that people that believe in Christianity, uh, they they happen to say Christianity in this letter, but I don't think we do say Christianity a lot. But we mean all religion, right? That's just the famous uh, one. And that we're so. saying that they're bad people, and I, I don't think we've ever said that. Maybe sloppily it comes off that way. No, but misguided. Maybe that's our fault. That, well, that is definitely we, we should clarify that. Um, yeah, we don't think that if I I'm not going to speak for you on this because we've never talked about it. But I don't think um, people that believe in religion are bad people at all. In fact, I think that there's a large number of them that believe in God. They're God-fearing and because of that want to do good things. And they go on missions and help people. children in Africa or build homes in Honduras or whatever, give money to good causes because of their religion. I do acknowledge that exists. But we're saying it would be like if you were part of a cause, a good uh, a charity that did a lot of good work, but the company that you did it for got arrested for embezzling money. That Your work was still good work while you worked for that company. You just want to work for another company. And you're not a bad person because you had worked for that company. Right. But if you – but they're – by the way, um, I hate that this phone alerts me. It drives me nuts, and I have to take it off, especially when I'm doing like a podcast. Ding, ding. It's like, all right, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Okay. That's where I find my, my uh, spirituality. <laughs> so I just dealt with that. What were we exactly just talking about? Uh, saying that people that believe oh, in Christianity are bad I don't people. think – by the way, I agree with you 100%, but I'm trying to get into the mind of somebody. Hold on. I can't. I, it's hard for me while you're reading. Isn't that the one thing I heard about people with Asperger's? Not that I want to. I heard somebody say that when someone else is reading, I, they can't. And I, they can't. I can't. I try. I sit here and go, come on. Especially you were taking editing notes. That was, I knew, I knew exactly what it was, but I'm frozen in my thought. Isn't that weird? Do you uh, know what I mean? Because you don't think that I was fully there with you? 
I just need the other person. Like, even by the way, here this will take it even off of this right now. Let's say there was a third person here that was just recording the show, and we don't even need them. They're just recording the show, and they were down there on their phone texting. I can't. And I tell myself I should be able to. Come on, Todd. You do radio, and while the news is happening, you go over in the corner and whisper to the other comedian while we're on the room, and they do a whole show 20 feet away from you. I can't. It's so weird. And I, But huh. anyway. Hmm. Let's get uh, Kevin Sousa on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Kevin Sousa. So... Look, it's, it, I'll, I'll try to say this to the best of my ability. When you're saying we're not saying they're bad people, well, I think they still might not be thrilled, though we're going to say it in a more proper way, um, is um, that they are doing bad things unknowingly. And I've had it happen in my life where I did a joke that I didn't realize. I'm not a bad person, but... I still did things that might have that might have not made this world a better place, like making jokes on stage about stereotypical gay jokes, like I did, like everybody else did. What if a gay cop pulled you over and he'd skip up to your car? Well, I'm not a bad person, but that wasn't a good thing. People have enough time fighting stereotypes, maybe not the most evil thing in the world, but I'm not looking to improve myself just when it's evil. I try to even take any behavior out of my out, you know, grow past it. So I'm not, and I think with religion, that times. It, that times a hundred. That, but but what they're saying that I want to address before we move forward is how do you do, how do you explain to someone while we're saying be kind to this group, be kind to that group? Do, do I remember that correctly? Yeah, to me, that yeah, seems right. be a specific answer. I don't want to answer it if it isn't. But why aren't we more? Yeah, he said that you go out of, you, of you, them. Right. No, go ahead. Read. He you, said that you go out of your way to be courteous to all people, but you don't give that same courtesy to people of faith. And you have to decide now what courtesy means. That's what we have to break it down. What does courtesy mean? Look, people would have said that same thing about people. And I, I am comparing it. The problem with making comparisons, and I realized it, none of them you can make work because the further back you go and argue the same issue, they've moved past that. So they don't think that's a fair example because they can't believe that's how the issues of today are going to weather time. It's like when you tell someone, and I'm going to use the word, I'm going to make it simple and quick and move right back to this. When you tell people don't use the word retarded as an adjective, it doesn't stand the test of time. Or fag, or gay as an adjective, and you have to go back to the vileness of people that would say nigger rich. You try to use that as an example so they see how gross it will be, but they think, oh, no, 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 no. Th that's a different type of vileness than fag. Yeah, now it is, but that's how retarded's going to look in 20 years. Now it's up for debate. You're right, retarded. Some people say no, and they argue it, and they go, I try to stop it. If they thought it was as vile as it was, they'd stop it. You know, people say they try to stop it. There's people that just say that when they get caught. Other people are genuinely trying to stop, and I admire them. Like when you overhear someone, you can tell when they're not, they say it, and they're like, oh, I'm trying to get that word out of my vocabulary. That's how I got it out of mine. But hold on, I'm going to go full circle here. So when you go back in time to give people examples of this, they go, well, that's not a fair example, but it is. It would be like back then if somebody, if they, when the church didn't believe in interracial marriaging, and you would have, somebody, not you, if whoever was back there that believed that and found it somewhere in the Bible to rationalize that, and then we were saying, we, yes, if that's what religious people believed back then, I would be coming down on religion because they're claiming we're someone to follow. It's more dangerous than an individual person that is 
uh, spewing hate or misinformation, not even because they're bad people, some kind, loving, decent, wonderful human beings because of misinformation cause a lot of pain. But no matter where that pain, no matter where that hate is coming from, uh, even not a place of evil, it's still for the person getting it, it doesn't matter. It still punches. Right. And so we would have said, yeah, I would have been against religion back then. And somebody like this gentleman, a gentleman, right, yes. would have said, you know, it's funny, Todd. You're all right. You defend this group. You defend this group. You defend that group. But you're really not being fair to religion. Like we have a reason to think that, you know, and or women voting or whatever it was, whatever religion did at the time, the, the group they were giving a hard time that they should have been hugging. Mm-hmm. So – what do you say to this person to go, yeah, we're, we're, we're saying this. We're not – could we say we're not we, – we're disagreeing with you. We're trying to hopefully calmly educate people to get them to see the danger of it. And some people go, well, our church is good. How do we move past that when people well, go, we go to a progressive church. They don't do that. Why can't we leave them alone? I think maybe uh, like I said when we started this that we need to do a better job at clarifying what we meant um, because there definitely are people that uh, – do a whole lot of good and we shouldn't lump them into the other categories with some of the other religious people, but maybe they also need to take responsibility and show us that, uh, you know, they're different than the ones that hold up signs that say God hates facts. Well, that we both know. That's why I always feel like you think you're doing a good job of explaining it. Meanwhile, there's someone on the other end of this receiving it going, of course I know that. But what I'm saying, and I don't mind saying because if I'm wrong, I will change. Even though there's churches that go, we don't take part in that. I get it. There's churches that are open to every single group, the most kind, loving churches in the world. But maybe you could still be a little misguided that you're hanging on. Why don't you just start something new? You know, you are equal to what 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 religion has done is equal to the Ku Klux Klan. And if somebody said, I go to the Ku Klux Klan, but we don't do this, we don't do that, we don't do this, we don't do that, and, I, and they were being honest with me. If you walked into the room of 30 Ku Klux Klan people and they were just preaching love and kindness and decency and who should get married to anybody that wants to get married, I'd say, maybe you should not call it the Ku Klux Klan. Maybe you want to move. And that's my problem, that they give validity to this gray area. Just move on and... And by the way, this is – I know because some people would say, Todd, take on organized religion, but I'm even thinking take on God too, the whole well, – They probably feel that uh, what I just said, there are those that hold up the signs that say God hates fags. They probably feel that uh, they have corrupted religion, like what they believe and what they do uh, for God's Not for me. and charity. They probably feel that those people came along and corrupted that. Do you know what? Not for me. Not for me, and I'll tell you why. I don't think they're the. I don't think they're the worst problem. I think more loving seeming. Those people are vile and vicious, and they don't get to get into a lot of people's lives. I think the ones that are, you know, I I remember a long time ago. I hope this makes sense. A friend of mine got arrested. He got put in jail for drugs. He was selling drugs, and the judge said, "Look, I'm paraphrasing. This was literally 30 years ago. You're the worst type because you do look like just a good guy." You know, people trust you. You're a good guy. You're in, you know, we can't see you coming. Even a good parent that tries to keep their kids away from evil. You're someone we invited into our lives. 
That's what I think about. No, I, I just I'm glad you brought that up. I really am because I am not doing that. I get it. They are. We're just we're not even talking about that. That you could say are just hateful people that cling to religion. They're not religious. Those people to me move them out of the discussion. We're talking about people that me and you know. And like this gentleman here is saying, why can't we be accepting? And I'll shut up and listen. I'll, but I'll answer, I'll ask you. Now forget about that. Maybe we could say it different and say it from a different perspective. But at the end of the day, I think we're both saying. So if there's a good church and they're doing a good thing, we might not even agree on this. I'm not sure. Uh, why can't we – why are, are we picking on this person or is there an element of – no, we're not picking. We think that the organized religion has done a lot of do- damage. Yeah, I think we're picking on the – okay, so one extreme to the other, right? Someone that does a whole lot of good and someone that uses it to have a lot of hate – they're still getting their message from the same source, and that's the Bible. And there are things in that book that you cannot deny that are hateful things, like um, homosexuality is an abomination. No, well, hold on. Let me go real quick. What about this church here? You know I'm playing devil's advocate, right. I think. What about this church here? They don't partake in that. I, right. I, by the way, I think it's still bad, but I could be wrong. I'm, what I'm basically asking for, and then I promise I'll shut up, I'm asking for help to see if I'm right, if I'm right, right. that this is still bad. This Even, is still bad because they're getting whatever the message they're getting comes from that same book. You can't deny the verses of that book. And you're trying to move – because you don't want to let go of something and start all over again, you're basically – I feel you're putting buckets all over your house instead of putting a new roof on. Because to start all over again and go, maybe this thing that I've connected to is so damaging. I'm just putting buckets. Well, we took that passage out and we did that. Maybe that book at best, even if that book says nothing bad. Let's say it. I'm trying to hit it from every goddamn angle. Let's say people know people have misinterpreted that book. Well – even then, they could take responsibility that it's a book that can easily bis- be misinterpreted. How right. about that? I think the most progressed ones will go, oh, look, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The Old Testament was from a different time, and along came the New Testament, and then it uh, made the Old Testament obsolete. We don't need that anymore because Jesus came and gave us this new way of thinking. Well, then why even have it? Then why even fucking bring it up on Sunday? If you just talk about what Jesus told you to do, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah, just, you know, most of the good things in the Bible, they, look, they don't get people to go down a path. Uh, some very, very, very intelligent people, they don't get to go down that path if there's not things in there that are wonderful messages of love and kindness. But, you know, so is Mr. Rogers, just because he's a person and we heard say it and we can learn. And there's, there's philosophers that are alive today. We've evolved. Basically, what we're saying is acknowledge the philosophers of today. Okay, how about that? We're not saying not to be philosophical and, and grow and educate ourselves, but maybe we should – medical journals. Who, who said the thing about bleeding out? Oh, we're smarter. Oh, yeah, we're, we're – oh, no, that was something oh, else. No, I said that about people that uh, talk about uh, the Second Amendment or different things that we should – Go back to what our founding fathers said. Oh, the same guys that thought it was a good idea to drain your blood when you got sick. You want us to go back and do what they said? Yeah, me- me- medically, we've moved past it. <laughs> Socially, we've moved past it. So that's what I'm saying. Just, I'm not implying that in life we don't need things to look up to. Yeah, Maya Angelou, who is real. Um, and, 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 and by the way, even if you go religion's real, but, but 
How can we defy that? Just go with philosophers of today. Listen to them, not something that has been so easily misinterpreted, whether it's the Bible's fault or whether it's the people's fault. It doesn't matter. If directions to a toaster are hard to understand, a good company doesn't spend thousands of years, you know, oh, well, they're misinterpreted. Oh, the directions mean this. Put new directions in there. These are too difficult. They're fucking up a lot of people. I want a book that's telling me how to live my life, that there's ironclad, no goddamn way that there's anything hateful in there. So th- this book here shouldn't even be a big deal. The fact is we seem like it's a big deal. If, if someone had a pill and they didn't realize what the Bible was, you know, just, well, I don't know why I said it like that. Someone was unaware what the Bible was, and they just, it's just a journal, a good way to live their life, and they moved into a house, and there was a lot of books on the shelf. They'd probably read two pages in and go, oh, wow, let's get rid of that book. <laughs> it wouldn't be overthought of. We wouldn't be going, it would just go. But that book specifically tells you not to do that. Not to do what? The Bible says that you can't add to or take away from this book. If you add to it or take away, they'll take away from your eternal life or something like that. So, John, I think that's your it is your name. I guess, you know, if I, again, I'm going to repeat this because I think it's something that's stuck in my head the most. Like, why am I fair to everybody but not, you know, I seem to be given a religion a hard time. Well, I'm not fair. I, I do. If I think it's going to hurt someone, you know, you're saying what to me, what you're saying is throw it in there with everything else. No, I, I'm. Hey, history will tell whether I'm right or wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe in 30 years from now, you'll hear this podcast and you'll be like, wow, that guy was on the wrong side. Or they'll be like, wow, that guy. That's what I'm saying. I feel that I'm coming after you. But one thing I will say, and I've said in my act, and I will say it here, there is a big difference in my passion and someone's passion that, uh, that, believes you might go to hell. And I know, again, you're going, but we don't believe that at our church that you go to hell. Well, then that's what I mean. You don't believe in this. You don't believe in that. You don't believe in this. You don't, you're not saying you believe in 90% of what the Bible says, and there's a few things. Okay, I get it. But most people, like I just said that, you, do, do you believe in burning in hell? Because that's the difference. I'm not picking on you because I love saying this. You know what will happen if somebody doesn't believe what I'm saying right now? Doesn't believe in one thing that I'm saying. Nothing. You know what's going to happen to them? Nothing. And that is a big difference when you say, I, you know, I'm mirroring the behavior of, no, nothing would happen. That's when I want to stop yelling and give someone a hug. Oh, my God, I'm so passionate. But if you don't believe me, nothing, nothing will happen to you. Right. Oh, my God, nothing. So in that sense, I'm not picking on anybody. Right. But the thing is, in this letter, he says that we give courtesies to other groups uh, and why not give to him. But that, that's not 100% true because we don't always give courtesies to other groups we don't give courtesies to groups we think are doing harm right we don't oh. give any courtesy to donald trump or his supporters well we don't give courtesy obviously to the again to like the ku klux klan right we don't give courtesy to you know so we hope that we're we look history will write us whether we were so off and if we would have just and by the way it does go back to the you know well Again, I think if we don't answer the one specific question, which we did, what about these groups that don't take part in that? And I think I answered that the most forward-thinking people in the world. I think if you took off – let me say this kinder. I say take off your boxing gloves. You know, look, this thing that I'm trying to yank out from under you has given you a lot of comfort. And here I come yanking it out. Even though I'm saying if you don't agree with me, nothing will happen to you, and I mean that from my heart. I'm still trying to yank something out. And new phones suck, figuring them out, and I'm trying to yank out something that brings you comfort. You already got enough problems. And I understand, but I think that we're throwing 
basically most religion into a group. Like we said, even I went a little in a circle there, but even if your church doesn't celebrate that type of behavior, I think if you took off the boxing gloves, back to where I started, took them off, just, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying things you disagree with, and you'd went, you know what? <laughs> That's a good point about the... I'm saying even if I think you could believe whatever you want to believe in and, and give it a new name, because this thing you've started... If you're being honest with me, and I know you are because I know churches that are just, I get it. They celebrate everybody. You did something better. Just give it a new name. Don't, don't try to just go. I think if you take off the gloves when I'm not there. And it's like when you show someone your, nah, I won't give an example. You, you'd, I think you'd look at each other and go, maybe he's right. This group has done a lot of bad. Maybe we should just give it a fresh start and try not right. to. And obviously, who the person that wrote this letter is a kind, loving person. Um, and so, if you feel that maybe we didn't understand what you're saying, uh, email us. Write again. us again. Yeah. yeah. And then we, you know, and then maybe it would be good to have someone on the podcast because then you can go back and forth. And I get it. You're listening to us right now. I really do get it. And it's so frustrating to not be able to throw a good, clean point on the table. And I get that. I get that. That some of the things we said. But I want to say what I've said before. We move on. I know there were some things I said that, I'll, you know, because I, I didn't what I'd like to call uh, Rachel Maddow it or, uh, or, or uh, Oliver. John Oliver? No, uh, John Oliver it or uh, Lawrence, the Le- Lawrence O'Donnell it. I think we did with some things. And I, I'm going to maybe I'll say this. If you didn't agree with everything we said there, I understand that. But if we didn't make two really good points that made you rethink the way you think, I don't think you're going into this with a fair, with a clean, open mind. I really don't. Just two. Two things that you went. That's talking about like when doctors talk, and that's how we cure diseases. People put their opinions aside. If, it's, if you thought it was working and it didn't work, doctor, I think if, if you're doing that with everything we just said, and two things, or one thing even, one thing that you didn't just go, wow, I don't know how I'm going to make a 360 on this, but yeah, that was a really good point. So that's how I think you'll know. If you didn't agree with everything, that's okay. We could still discuss it back and forth. But if there wasn't one thing where you went, yeah, then I think you might not be. I don't know if we'd be able to have a conversation any further because I know we nailed at least one thing. And then other things maybe I need to educate myself on, and I'll change my beliefs, genuinely. So it's all good that we're talking about it. And like I said, I know it's frustrating when you're not here to counteract something I say that didn't seem to make any sense at all. But you can through an email, and I will read it. What do you want, Aristotle? We're going to take a little break. I'm going to get You know what I did? I put a Coca-Cola in the freezer. I know it's going to have ice chips in it. It's going to be so good. But, you know, I have a soda maybe once a month, if that. Once every other month. But after some pizza, carbonation, so good. You want Aristotle to play another Mr. Rogers quote? I mean, another song? Give him something. We Uh, we can take a minute and decide. What do we want him to do? Read a poem? The problem is that Mr. Rogers didn't have that many songs. Sure he did. He had like 15. Oh, you know what I want to hear? uh, I want to hear... The, the it's such you a talked good about feeling. the garden of your mind. Oh, the garden of your mind. Okay, um, Aristotle 
Someone put uh, some things he said to music. It's beautiful. Hi, neighbor. Welcome again to this neighborhood. I'd like to show you something. You know what this is? Maybe if I press this button. This is a cassette player with a little cassette in here. And there's nothing written on it. So we'll just have to play it to see what it is. Do you ever imagine things? Are they scary things? Are they scary things? Do you ever imagine things? Things you'd like to have? Like to Did you ever see a cat's eyes in the dark? And wonder what they were, what they were. Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever pretend about things like that? Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think and they'll grow. Every person that you see is somewhat different from every other person in the world. Some can do something. Some can do others. Did you ever think of the many things you learned to do? Many things. Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. Did you feel like going like that? Let's give the fish some food. Mr. McFeely, I didn't order any whistles. That's what they call a slide So many things to learn about in this world, and so many people who can help us learn. And so many people who can help us learn. Did you ever grow anything in the garden of your mind? In the garden of your mind. You can grow ideas in the garden of your mind. In the garden of your mind. It's good to be curious about many things. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think. You can think about things and make believe. All you have to do is think, and they'll grow. Wow. I love that. I love that. Whoever did that, we should know we're playing it. But it's on YouTube. You should go look who did that. There's someone... So, uh, so beautiful. Wow. So we're going to talk about... Black Lives Matter. And uh, from, from, I think, a different perspective. We'll probably hit some things that have been discussed before, but... You know, it's funny. I, I always go to you, my black friend in Minneapolis... And by the way, he's absolutely listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason that started was not because, because uh, 
it started because he would leave messages for me. I met him and his um, and his uh, his wife actually at the time. He was like 21. He was married, and I met him in Minneapolis after a show. He used to listen to the podcast, and he was just. I loved him. His energy, his he he listened to the show, and he had a lot of the same thoughts. And believe me, I'm better than just thinking someone's great because they have the same thoughts as me. Matter of fact. A lot of times you have people that have different thoughts than you, and that's how you grow. But there is a, a bond that happens when, you know, you know here's, here's me. I'm a full-grown adult. I'm 32. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then there's a 21-year-old kid and just agreeing on all the same things and, and just excited about the same things. And um, I became pretty friendly with him and his, uh, at the time, wife, now, now with his girlfriend. But he would always, you know, eventually we switched numbers, and he would... Uh, Always leave a message and said, "Hey Todd, it's your black friend Jared from Minneapolis." <laughs> <laughs> and I would go, "Jared, you don't have to say my black friend from Minneapolis, but he's a fully evolved human being, and he and he really has greatness in him, and um, he should know that." So we started talking about the Black Lives Matter campaign, and it started from a bit on my act that I was saying how, you know, the, uh, the I love this. Is another hand in the cookie jar. You really want to say – you know when you really want to say something not even sarcastically? Again, I want to pull someone aside and go, I know you think because you don't admit it that you didn't get caught, but you did. Oh, if you knew. I wish you knew because then you would make a, a fool of yourself. It's, it, it looks foolish. I can say that about a full-grown adult when, when you say, oh, the problem is that when Trayvon Martin, when they were marching – you uh, thought they could have done it more peacefully. That was your problem. I imagine you're saying it's not the cause, the cause you believe in, but... Right, the people that got confused between protesters and looters? Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, oh, that's two things. Right, exactly, exactly. And even if you said that they were, the looters were protesters, you're right. But it's funny you say that because you're right. Most people, all you had to do... You're wrong in your way of being wrong. Right, 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 right exactly. <laughs> all you had to do is have... You don't have to be the most brilliant person in the world to know the difference. You could have, you know, you could be have one chromosome and someone goes, oh, look at all those looters. And that person could go with one chromosome. Of course, I'm being sarcastic. You go, oh, no, they're um, they're the protesters over there. They're looters. They just this happens whenever Mm -hmm. there's a protest. They're the protesters. But even and then go back to licking the curb like that could be your mindset of uh, delusion. But you'd have you'd still be able to go. Oh, no, no, they're not. They're, but but let's go. I love even ifs. Let's say they are all, they're all protesters. That's what you believe. We may as well get into that person's thought for a second. All the looters were protesters. all the looters are protesters, and all the protesters are protesters. Let's may pretend okay. they're all. If you weren't being dishonest, because you know you can't get caught in the truth. You can't get caught in the truth. If you were being honest about that, and let me recap what that person's saying. No, there's okay with protesting, but do it peacefully. Well, if you were being honest, when Kevin Kaepernick Kaepernick. Kaepernick came down and took one knee to the national anthem, this is the way, and I love to say it this way. It's fun for me. If someone goes, hey, are you proud of him? You should be able to go, of course I'm proud of him, that whole group. Of course we're fucking proud of him. That's the most peaceful way anybody can do it. Right. What do you mean, what am I proud of him? Remember when I said the others need to find a peaceful way to do it? You go, am I proud of him? That's, oh, I wish those other people saw it. You can't be a more peaceful way. And then you go, 
Oh, I can't believe taking any man up and stand up and and just on the on the on the edges of Muhammad Ali dying and it's the most peaceful way. So and then we go, oh, I figured it out. And you, because it makes you feel better, want to say no. We're just agreeing to disagree. No, you don't agree to disagree with facts. That's what you want to say. I get it. And there's certain things that I'm passionate about, but I don't sell it as a fact. And when you do it, it's almost it's snotty. This is just a fact, and someone says it, you go, that's not a fact. I don't think I'm doing that. I am using your logic, and this is one of those moments where you think, because you're not admitting it, what I'm about to say, that somehow we're not positive. We're 99% sure. I'm 100% sure. If I have to go through with this thought as a certainty, I do anything in life to bring clarity to, and I make rights and lefts driving down the street. Yeah, I'm always 99% sure, I guess. But I'm 100% sure the same decisions I make every day to keep me alive as a person that you're lying because mm-hmm. you're all right with the word. What? Let's just find out what you have a problem with. Facts only. Help me out here. Are they okay. all right with the word? So well, you got. want to find out what the problem is. Are they all right with the all word? All lives matter. They're okay with that, right? All lives matter. Oh, so. Oh, yeah. So they even like the phrase because they took. All, oh yeah, that just so, yeah, so all lives matter they like, and they're like, what else are they right? There's blue, blue lives. lives matter. So they even lives like the matter, phrase all and blue. Okay, so they're all right with blue. They're all right with all. They're all right okay. with matters. Well, hold on, so wait, wait help me minute. out, Eric. Eric, go black, slow. Black lives matter. They're black lives matter. So what's the word there? They are all right with matter. Well, they're, they're okay with lives and matter. They're keep okay crossing out every word. Word. So the only one not crossed out here is black. So that's the only word they have a problem with. Yeah. It's, okay, so, I'm so, doing the math right now. So, folks, to anybody that would try to wiggle out of that. Now, you know, no, it's not a lot of our listeners. They might just be using this for food for, food for fuel or for our own sanity sometimes to just have some clarity in our head. That was mathematics. We went through all the words, and it ends up, oh, you all, and that's when we go, so you do have a problem with black people. And you, just because you wiggle out of it and you don't admit it, it doesn't matter. From afar, just like your kid with his hand in the cookie jar, you were caught. Mm-hmm. Not me trying to argue that the, my, uh, the best color in the world is blue. You can't catch somebody on that by your own logic. And that's so, – so what, what Jared was saying, and even I was being defensive, he was talking about how the campaign is. And I think we spend so much time defending that we understand that phrase, of course we do. And that this is what he said, Jared said, that, or he, he said some things that made me realize it. We spend so much time going, it does, though, come on, you know how we are. We're like, the, the, you don't understand that phrase? It just meant we don't feel like we matter. We know all lives matter, just, and we know you know it, because when Blue Lives Matter came along, again, it's another one of those moments where everybody went, you do know. You do know. And you won't admit that you have a problem with black people. Let's not call it racism, because that word means so many things that people get confused a lot. So let's just say you won't admit that you have a problem with black people because if you said that, you couldn't get caught in a lie because you would be telling the truth. But because you know it's not publicly acceptable to say it, that you can't say that you don't like that person for their black, you make up reasons and you think you're doing a good job of it. You really do. But if someone in your group, the smartest one said, you know when we lie about what makes us angry, You know we fucking get caught, and we end up looking stupid. 
So why don't we admit what we're angry about? That way our actions will all make look like they make sense. Imagine the smartest person in that group. I know it's crazy because someone with that logic couldn't be it. But that's what it would sound like. You'd go, listen, we look stupid. We, we said it was the thing about, you know, the, the, uh, the rioting. And then we said we're peaceful. Then they do it peaceful. We take their phrase and put blue on it. We're looking crazy because we're all scared shitless to say that we don't like black people. And it's making us look stupid. That's what it would sound like if someone in your group educated you. You're caught. Mm-hmm. So he said it's because we spend so much time saying that it matters and we understand the phrase that we forget that we can criticize the way Black Lives Matter handles their cause. First, I got very defensive. I'm like, no. They, and I went, as soon as I fantasized if I was somebody in the Black Lives Matters campaign, it'd be a different, it, it would be a different thing. What do you mean? How? Um, well... Remember, you know how me and you sit around and we really give homage to the good cops? We don't just give it lip service. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's 5% of them. The less it is. How about if it's a half a percent? That way we'll have nobody on. Half a percent of the cops are good. That's the more reason to rave about them. We don't just do this, me and you. Yeah, yeah, I know there's good cops, and then we move on. No, we soak it in. Who do we, we – who, who do we uh, – uh, what's the officer's name that we always talk about on the show? Uh, Tommy Norman, but – And there's thousands and thousands of Tommy Normans. They don't – represent the masses of the police force. That's why they stand out and they're so special. But there are, just by sheer numbers, even if it's 1% of the police that are good cops, and it's more, that still thousands and thousands, and we really soak it in. And they can do wonderful things, and they do wonderful things. We soak that in when we say that. So then when we talk about the negative, somebody at least knows they are aware of the positive. And maybe they need to do that. Maybe they need to just really reach out from a place. And I know some are, but do it more. Do it more. And by the way, I think there's shit for the cops to do too. Don't get me wrong. But he said that sometimes because we spend so much time, like, it's like if we said, you know, someone's mother's baby, uh, uh, kid is drowning in the pool and somebody goes, that's ah, not worth saving. We're all going, it is worth saving. It is worth saving. It is worth saving. But we're so busy just defending that it's worth saving, somebody forgets to jump in the pool and save the kid. Oh, okay. what, what can we do tangible to show that black lives matter as opposed to just defend that they do? What are we doing to actually show it? And what was Jared's suggestion of what we should be doing? Well, he told me a story and uh, he told me a story about there were these kids. You know what? I'll, I, he, we recorded it. We recorded it. I want to make sure I'm rolling this in right. We recorded it. Oh, but you – and uh, we'll roll it in, and then we'll talk about it on the flip side. <laughs> Do you like the radio talk I use? Oh, wow. <laughs> so we're in broadcasting now. Okay. Let's roll this in. Shut up. Oh, so we're in broadcasting now. <laughs> uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll listen. We'll, we'll play it now. And uh, – and we'll talk about it on the other side. <laughs> so over Labor Day weekend, I had a neighbor in the building next to me. I live in a cooperative. We have five brownstones here in downtown Minneapolis. And beautiful city. It's great. And my neighbor is going through a divorce. She has a young kid. And had to be out by, you know, X date. And she didn't really have anybody to help her move so she pulled me aside I saw her outside one day and she said hey you know I need 
maybe a few people if you can muster up like help on Monday and Monday's Labor Day that's the holiday right you know anybody you can scrounge up it would just be helpful and she has $60 she said I've got $60 to contribute to the cause you know that's as much as I can do she'd like three people and I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll, I'll, I knew all my friends were either going to be out of town or busy. I mean, you were telling me this last night. You were like, I just remember you, you know, when the way you were, you were saying, like, who am I going to get for $60? Yeah, who Because you're basically giving $20 each. Right, yeah. right, right. And it's just, you know, out of her, you know, two-bedroom apartment to a single-bedroom yeah. apartment, whatever. It's not huge stuff. It's not like, like we're carrying couches yeah, yeah. and shit. But anyways, that's how, that's as much she, she had. Yeah. That's and, you know, it's the end of the month. You don't know how much, you know, I'm not trying to think about what's in people's pockets. Anyways, so she needs help moving. Cool. Now, two days prior before her even asking me that, some kids that I know that I used to work at uh, Family Wellness Center back in the day in my early career, um, I worked at a treatment facility that women would live coming out of chemical and alcohol dependency and they could live there with their kids and so these are some kids that I've stayed in contact with over the years that have come out of that their mom's gone on to get a house now she's lost housing again and now they're back in the homeless shelter right so you think and, and they're about how old and they're 15 between 15 and 10 right mm-hmm. two, two kids a, a big brother a little brother and then they have a friend that they wanted to bring with long story short I text them I say hey do you guys want to make some money this Monday they're like of course yeah let's do it I tell them alright meet me at the park at 11 on Monday and I'll tell you what we need to do You know, are you guys good with moving have you done it before sure sure we can do that oh by the way can we bring a friend I said oh yeah that'd be a good idea and in my head I'm thinking 60 bucks 20 bucks each for some kids that are you know in their Adolescents, early teens, that's something significant. Yeah, and there's right? three of them, they'll get 20 three of them, each. Exactly. So tell them they can make some money. I didn't tell them how much. Um, you meet at the park tomorrow at 11. Next day, I show up at the park at 11. There's four kids there. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, who's this? You know, he comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, you know, I heard you guys are about to go move, make some money. He's like, can I come? I, you know, I, I want to make some money too. I want to help. I want to work, you know? And I'm thinking about it. Meanwhile, I'm waiting for Marsha to call me, the lady. And um, I'm like, let's just play a quick game of basketball. I need to just like, I kind of deflect, right? Because I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. So we play a game, bullshit, and it's fun. Um, finally, she calls I'm like, all right, let's go. He's like, all right, man, can I come on? Can I come with? And just, it just hit me. I said, all right. I turned to the, th- the three original. I said, all right, if you three come, you're going to make $20 each, okay? However, if it's just three of you, it'll go slower. Now, if you let your friend come, you'll make $15 each, but it'll go faster. And let me interject here. So to the people, my listeners, what do you think those kids did? Do you think they were, you know, just decided they'd rather make $20 each and have three of them or make a little less and have it go quicker and be able to give their friend money? Yeah, of course, you're right. They went for all four of them and made $15 each. But there's more to come about this. 
Do I need to speed this up? Is that what no, you're no. Later, I love the you know. I just right. little tease at fifteen dollars each, and there's four of them. They'd make five dollars each, but they'd all but they'd get to include. So every, they'd all get to. Not all, I don't. It's for the betterment of the group, the larger. It's for the betterment of the group. Altruistic, and, yeah. Exactly. No, good, and, good fucking point. And not accidentally. No, good point. So I come back. I make a phone call. Come back. All right. What do you guys want to do? We'll all help. Great. Cool. So they agree that they're going to make fifteen dollars. We're going to work hard. I take him back to my house, get him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches they hadn't eaten yet. You know what I'm saying? Get him fueled up. Give him this this spiel. Hey, you know we're going to you know work with this lady. We're moving her to St. Paul. Shake her hand. Her name's Miss Marsha. You call her that. You make eye contact with her. Let's practice. We all practice shaking hands, making eye contact. And um, you know I just made it clear, like, hey. We got to do a good job now if we want to continue to be able to do this stuff in the future, right? So customer service stuff, you know, just real quick, like in 10 minutes, you know, and um, meet her downstairs out front. And for the next, I don't know, three and a half, four hours, because she wasn't really prepared. You know, she she didn't have everything everything packed. And so we practiced patience. All of us did. I had to practice patience, too. You know what I'm saying? You said they remembered to be like, yes, Mrs. Marsha. Oh, yeah. And yeah, of course. They come down and they're, hello, Miss Marsha. My name's name's Montreux. My name's Matias. My name's Robert. How you doing? And they're all looked at her in the eye. And, you know, and she's playing along. Not playing along, but she's like. Oh shit! I got four young men helping me, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's good for her too because she's got a little black boy. By the way, everybody I'm talking about, we're talking about Black Lives Matter. These mm-hmm. are all black people. Mm-hmm. So, um, we help her move, and you know they all find their role, right? One kid's like doing the Tetris in the back of the van. I love the car. guy. That's the guy that is in the van, but he stays in there because he's good at. Well, first he has to watch. He has to watch guard, right? Because you need somebody out in the street, like making sure nobody takes comes, what's in. Yeah, the- exactly. So she, so he's doing that, but then also as we're bringing stuff out. He's the one we just like set the box there, and, and then he like, organizes yeah. it. exactly because he thinks that he is good at that role. And you said he was like he, he was, automatically. No. He and and this finished. kid, this kid's like twelve, but he's the guy when things come in. Oh, that'll go there. This I'll put to the side. Oh, that can go on top of that. Yep. He's taking that role, and yep. he's done a great job at it. And the other two, he's killing it. He's killing it. He's yeah. killing it. Then the other one, Colin Muscles, because he was like, hey man, he's kind of like the. I don't know, just the bigger, you know, more developed of the crew. And so he was the one that helped me carry the heavier stuff. Uh, and then the the two brothers that I knew, you know, of course, the 10-year-old, he's grabbing all the small stuff. And I, and I, you know, he wants to, he wants to, uh, I didn't tell you this last night, he wants to, like, carry the big, heavy stuff with all the big men and the boys, right? And it's just like, no, that's not good business because if you drop it, like, that's a liability, that's, that's a risk. So I, so I pull him, I can't explain that to him, right? But I pull him aside and said, listen, you're like the smallest and the fastest. So what you need to do is go in and grab the tiny stuff because there's a lot, there's only a few big things, but there's a lot of small things that you need to grab. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's, and that's the fucking challenge for you. So you know what I'm saying? You go in and you're in charge of getting all the small stuff, bringing it out. He's going to make sure it fits in. He's going to find the crevices and yeah. all this stuff. So you're working with the outside guy now. Put him to work. So he's going back and forth, zipping through, right? Muscles is helping me. Matias is doing his thing. And um, make it happen. Take two trips. Takes about three, three and a half hours. And as we're going back and forth, one of the neighbors uh, sees that we're doing this, right? 
And he pulls me to the side. He's like, yo, I got some Devani's coupons, some some pizza coupons. Um, let me know what time you guys are planning on finishing. I'll have some, I'll have some pizza here waiting for you when you get back. And I was like, what? Because I was already planning to get him like Little Caesars, you know, $5 pizza. But Devani's is more, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And free. I don't have to pay for it. Now I don't have to come out of pocket, you know? And so that was like a super blessing, like the universe working it in. And mm-hmm. just like when you take one step, like everything goes for you. Um, during during the whole scenario, you know, the kids are, it's taking a while. We're having to wait around some and, you know, but the conversations that are being had are like, yo, this is, this is cool, man. Because we're like helping somebody, but we're getting paid at the same time. That's what one, one of the kids said. Yeah, yeah. One of the kids like, you know, this is cool. I said, why do you say that? He said, because we're helping somebody, but at the same time we're getting paid. Um, and so I was just like, and why is that cool? It's like, I don't know, just because for the most part, I see people that work, they're not really helping people. You know what I'm saying? Like, here I get to see the, the person's face that I'm, like, providing the service for, right? So they're learning all types of shit, right? The fact that they can um, take up enterprise and trade their labor for their right. for money and, you know, trade time for money. And, and that they were polite and trading, that they got yeah, that. Exactly. Understanding customer service, how to market themselves, mm-hmm. right? And that they took positions. Right. But tell the part, so now you all go back to so, the house after... So eight. we get pizza. And you're all uh, sitting around and someone in whose backyard? Uh, we're in the back of the co-op. There's a nice little fire pit yeah. area, picnic table. You're eating pizza and then you're basically... Um, you know, I, here's the part that I love, that when you uh, are about ready to pay them, and yeah, the, so, oh, the woman pays you. Yeah, so she, so so Marsha, at the end of the day, pulls me to the side, and she asked me, say, so who's the fourth one? You know what I'm saying? Because she, like, she, she was trying to guess which one was the fourth one that just, like, tagged So did I when I looked at the picture. Yeah, 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 you did, too. Who's the fourth one? Yeah. And, and in all honesty, I, in all honesty, it was, like, the bigger, dopier one that was, like, the muscles, you know what I'm saying? Um. But he was kind of like, you know what I'm saying, let me help, you know? <laughs> and, like, meant well. Um, like, even himself, and, like, here's the thing, Tom, I was telling you this before we started, is, like, the, the, the mindset of these kids is, like, he even said, he was like, yeah, I'm like, I don't have a, I don't have a, an attention span. I don't have a long attention span. So I'm, like, not smart. But I get some things... Because we were having a conversation and, and we were just relating, like we were having like a logical conversation. And I was like, "Oh yeah, you're a smart dude." Da, da, da. He was like, "Yeah, I am smart. Like, people don't think I am, but like I have a short attention span, but I get some things. Like, you know what I'm saying?" So yeah. it's like he's having to say that out loud and affirm himself, which is good, but it's also that's a, a like a, a, a manifestation of negative self talk or negative talk that he's received right. and internalized. So, anyways, what kid did you know? What kid was the so first mo- one? so Mrs. Marsha gives Ms. you Marcia. eighty dollars. So she gives. So she says, "All right, you know they did a really good job. I'll give you twenty dollar tip, whatever." So it's eighty, right? So I'm like, "All right, bet they're all gonna get twenty bucks. Perfect." So I take them back, drop them off at the park, and um, at before I pay them out, I line them all up there in front of me, and I say, "All right." Quick, just go. Tell me one thing that you did well today and one thing that you could have done better. And they each had answered before they got paid. So the first one said, you know, I think I could have been more patient today. I, you know, it was taking a long time. Da, da, da. I think I could have been more patient. 
and not complained. That's what he said. More patient and not complained. But what I did well was like, you know, make sure that I didn't drop anything and and I make eye contact. And Marsha, I think she liked me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The second kid, of course, he was the Tetris guy. I did the Tetris well, made sure everything got in. Then you paid the first. Yeah, you know saying, oh yeah, yeah, and, and, and after and so after he, after the first guy says, you know, patient, um, didn't complain, and I think Marsha really liked me. Boom, twenty dollars here. He looks down, he's like twenty, because up, up until this point, they thought that they were each getting paid fifteen dollars, right? And so they get that little five dollar bonus because they did a good job. And the pizza, you know what I'm saying? And, and the pizza and, and the pop. And here's where I'll interject. You feel you feel like you. That, That's the story. Yeah. Yeah. What I loved about it was, you first of all, you didn't tell it like, oh, I did something great. You just told it sideways, like people are talking about stuff, and it came up. Yeah. I was very interested because so many things happened in that story. It's so tangible, and it's more than just, you know, thinking, oh, I could make them. They need. They could use some money. He, but it's how you handled it. Yeah. It would have still been nice, even if you put everyone together and let them do their thing. But the fact, number one, to to how the, how you how you directed them like hey you get all the little stuff but that's all good you made him feel good about himself mm-hmm. and then the uh, telling them to be polite and you saw and that they learned that that's a marketable marketable skill yeah like they know and the one guy took control and organized everything as it was coming in they work good together as a team that's how people end up starting companies together or starting uh, you know landscaping services together or whatever they do they just realize hey we work good together and at the yeah. end of the day they did work good together mm-hmm. they all took and at the end to go what did you do good and what do you think you could work on what a great way you'd be surprised that that could live on forever they might not do it for 10 years after they heard it the other day mm-hmm. they might do it who knows mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter even if they heard it but they 10 years goes by and they go you know what I was doing this thing with this guy once and I always thought that was a good question I never mm-hmm. and then he'll implement it that night what do you think yeah. so that lives on yeah. those type of things live on and we were talking about people are a lot of times worried about their afterlife and I've always said just may pretend that your words and what you do while you're here the good that's your afterlife so mm-hmm. make sure you're fighting for the right cause otherwise your memory is of a you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Yeah, you don't want people memorizing you. You want to be, you know, you want to be Martin Luther King. You don't want to be Hitler. Right. <laughs> you know, so uh, so just think about what you do while you're here because your legacy is people will talk about you. And they're either going to go, God, they were so... Yeah. And, then, and that's why I like that story. And I'm a little all over the place right now because I've had some fresh air. But I think that story was relevant. Green and green. I thought a lot of good things came together out of it. Now listen, I know that Jared is listening to us listen to that, and I hope we found the part of that story that I thought was – he really didn't tell the stories like, oh, look at me. I'm so great. I'm reaching out. You know, uh, he. But I thought it taught so many things within it, and that just sort of worked out for him. And he was saying not on when the part we recorded that like, you know, you think about doing something like that, and then it's like, do I really want to follow through with that? That's going to be a lot of work, but – and at the end of the day, even him, it would just be say, we know all lives matter. It's just really at the end of the day, the story is more – it's outside of Black Lives Matter. It's outside mm-hmm. of just doing things like this that are tangible because I really did like what he said about you know, we have to protest, but then you have to remember, OK, great. When we get home from the protest, now what do we do right. to prove that we, we're just – you know? So uh, It was like I was telling you about that girl that I met on that dating app whose brother was a cop. Oh, right, and she right. said that the protesters were thugs. And then she went on to say something about how she's sick and tired of 
all cops being lumped into this category, uh, being judged based on the actions of the bad ones. And I went, wait a minute. But you said all protesters were thugs, so you lumped them all into the actions based on the bad ones. And then at the end of the conversation, we agreed, like, okay, we're not going to continue to go out anymore because this is a big difference. And she goes, she said something about um, that I didn't see her point of view, and I go, no, I did. And the funny thing is, I agree with you Yes, blue lives do matter. I agree. I agree that all lives matter. But I couldn't get you to say specifically that black lives matter. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that have that type of feeling inside. They don't want to, they don't want to, you know, uh, they think, they think, oh, they brought on their own problems. You can only get into their head. You know, I'd always wanted to interview someone that would really be honest about that, hear their other side. But then you talk to comedians that, you know, have family somewhere. It's like, oh, yeah, that's Thanksgiving for me, Mm -hmm. hearing things like that, you know. But I I really like this because I thought – so I thought – and I was going to do this, and then I could easily not do it. But I thought, no, it's defying everything that I'm saying, any little tangible thing. And again, at the end of the day, this is a message about – you know, of course, reach out and help lives. We get it. Uh, but uh, so I thought I said they should get T-shirts made and I'm going to follow through with it. Plus, if I say it on the show, then I have to follow mm-hmm. through with it. Puts a little pressure on myself. I think the show could send them the T-shirts. And I'm going to show you a picture of these guys. And the minute I saw the picture of them all standing together, these are brothers, you know, and I thought, I wish I could remember the text that I can I can I uh, take a second here and find a text mm-hmm. because I sent him something because I wanted them to read it. You, I think you can um, leave it. Did you did you press pause? Yet? No. So, um, but uh, I thought I'll follow through. So I thought get them T-shirts and they they have a phrase they want on it, and I think it's gonna. Yeah, you can. Uh, So uh, I text him, which I tried to find on my phone, but I couldn't. But I see the five picture of these kids. He sends me a picture of them the other day. And, you know, I just when, – when, when I hear about the way they interact with each other, and I love this part about the one kid being on the truck and he'll do this. Like he said they're like – you realize, you know, kids can be brilliant, you know. And, uh, and – So, oh, so I see that. I'm sorry. It's okay. Leave that in. Mm-hmm. I got a little lost. They, they, um, I see this picture of them and I like them. Like I'm rooting for them. I go, and I said, I want to know what these guys are doing in two years. Cause I telling you, and I don't know them, but just from the pictures I see in the stories, they have greatness in them. And if they ever doubt it, I want you to show them this God. I want you to, I was going to say curse and I didn't. If they ever doubt that there's greatness in them, I want you to show them this text. And I hope he did show them. And he did show them because I wanted them – like I wanted to throw good energy their way. And so they all wanted sh- – we talked about getting shirts. So uh, they wanted to be like helping hand- helping brothers' hands or something. And it's funny because they want camouflage shirts. But I thought they'd be ugly. Remember I asked you mm-hmm. what I should do? Yeah, you Eric, should give them what they want. I know, Eric. Yeah. All I needed was Eric to say – no, if you don't think that'll be a good logo, <laughs> I'm trying to like I'd try to sell it as, right. you know. But um, 
I think they're great camouflage shirts because I know now I can see what they're going for. You know, like they're a little army of workers. And there's a cool saying on the back. Maybe I'll put their names on the front. It's a little extra money. <laughs> anyway. You had a good year. I had a good year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, the, oh, oh, I know what I want to do to close with. And then with the cops that... When, if I that if I see one more cop, when they won't show their badge to people that want it, even if they're taunting them, because sometimes they want their badge. I get it. Sometimes people are going, "I want to see your badge." It's the way they get to inflict power on a cop, and sometimes I bet it's done in a dickish way to a cop. Let me see your badge, because God damn it, they know under the court of law that they have to show their badge, but th- they don't fucking want to. I get it. And the way I just said it proves I get it, right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Some fucking – but sometimes people want it because they want it. That's why that law exists. And when I see these cops – like I talk about what each side can do different. Uh, I also look at that side too. Believe me. And that side is where the problem is. It's not everything is 50-50. And I've done a lot of ride-alongs and I know there's a lot – look, there's a lot – look at these – now look at a Trump rally – and I, have a, I think I have a right to compare it and go, okay, they're cops. Okay? So I don't know how a sergeant can watch them go, literally, I'm not exaggerating. Tell me if I'm exaggerating. Or, Todd, I know what you're trying to do, but you're exaggerating. Or go, no, you're spotting it on. Go, it's a, it's a, Wilco. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. They're mumbling it. And, they, and then I'll exaggerate a little, but they won't show it. They'll be like, you know, what's your badge number? 30455. It's like, show your fucking badge. You're full-grown adults. You have guns. You have pepper spray. You're allowed to drive behind another car and tip it over if we feel deemed that that car should be plowed into to spin out of control because the better – you have to have good judgment. And that's not of a baby. If I saw a cop doing that on a YouTube clip, that's not just a cop that's being a little bit of a bully. That is very dangerous. If I was a sergeant, I would bring those cops and go, this is not funny. You have a lot of power. Do I get it? Yeah. The guy was trying to ask you. You give your badge number loud and clear. That mouth is opened. You have a shit ton of power. There can be never a moment of you acting like a baby. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to show my badgy-wagy. You, you, you shitting me, you... If I was a lieutenant, I would go, if I ever fucking see a clip of somebody that can't show their goddamn badge, I don't care if they're fucking taunting to you nice and clear. And if I don't hear every single word, every syllable of your name, mm-hmm. I'm scared to send you out there with a gun and with a car that you're allowed to tip other cars over with. If I see judgment like that, good cops can lose their temper. Good co- But that's the thing when they just they're – not, they're not running. They didn't just run out of breath and they're dealing. That's just a cop. No. All right. Right. The, you should be so proud in that job. You should be so proud of who you are and what you do. That you, you should be proud of that. I was going to say it should be a badge of honor. But. <laughs> it is a badge of honor. You should be proud. You should want to know. I get it, though. The reason I say it like that, I get it. Sometimes they just don't want to. But there's cops that give it. It's so rewarding when you see that. When a cop's, you know, he gets it. Just give it. Just give it. Like uh, that video drives me nuts of those bully cops when someone's trying to film 
Yeah. The other, so the other cops get in their face, go, oh, you have the right to film, but I have the right to stand here. I have the right to stand here with my hand in your face. Do you like that? And they're playing games. Oh, grow up. Oh, my. I'm so glad you brought that up. There's another example of, look, you can, if you, if you don't want to see a point here and you want to go to the situations where you watch a YouTube clip, this will put things into perspective, at least for me. And please remind us to go right back to that point of, please don't remind me about the, uh, the, uh, the uh, childlike behavior. Because I bet we can think of a few more. And oh, I mean childlike. I got another but, one right now. Well, hold Putting on, their me... hoods up on their cars so the dashboard cameras right. don't see what they're doing. Right. That's childlike behavior. So, oh, what was it? Um, so, when you see that childlike behavior and you... You have to, that has to be scary. And the reason I'm saying that is you go, because we see these YouTube clips. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Remind me to go back to the childlike behavior, okay? Okay. Because this will put everything into perspective. Look, what we're saying is overwhelmingly there is a problem. Because you can find a situation where you watch a video and it happens. And you go, no, that fucking cop's right. Even if all the comments were like, you know, whatever happens, who, and you go, no, that fucking cop's right. You know what you do then? You fucking say it. Go on there and put up a comment and defend it and, and, and loud and clear when you see it. But that's what I do. That's what I do I, because that's helping the cause. It gives you validity. It means a lot when, when you, even if you think that 75% of the time it is the police department's fault, the 25% that it's not or 20 or 5 or whatever it is, you know, I don't care if it's 2%, mm-hmm. when we see it, when the cop is in the right, that's what we do. We stand up and we go, no, that fucking cop was right and we all need to do that. But what we're saying is that's not the norm. The norm yeah. is you watch these videos and it's not the – it, and, you, and you're not helping the cause by making a big deal out of those things where the cop is in the right. You can't exaggerate that or lie about that. To You're diminishing the cause by doing that. I've seen some articles come out where they're like, oh, look at this dick cop. And you go, well, actually, you know, there are enough dick cops around that right. you didn't need to include this specific. Right, incident. right, right. We're admitting that there will be those cases. But overwhelmingly, it's not that. And it's more than... It is that putting the hood up, that's in that area. Definitely the, what was the one you said before? Oh, the, uh, the and they there. come up into the camera and they're literally, they're like, oh, wait, you, I love to say it every time because it's, I'm not making it up. Oh, why? Why would a sergeant that was, look, you can unknowingly not be bringing attention to something. That's why rules change because of things like I'm saying right now. Someone realizes the importance of something that they thought maybe wasn't right, but they called in Napoleon Complex and these guys. And well, but then they realize, oh, my God, this is a dangerous, dangerous thing. And again, I repeat it every time because it's not silly. We give you a gun. We give you a rifle. We give you pepper spray. We give you handcuffs and a club. And then we let you take your car and plow in the back of another car, even though it might tip over and catch on flames. That is the power you're given. And that would be me speaking to a bunch of police officers. So when I see behavior like that, it makes me very scared. I got to put my head in my pillow at night. And to know that I gave someone all that permission that showed that they were an imbecile... Not just short, not caught at a moment of good, in a calm way taunting a camera person or not giving their badge number or putting the hood up on their car. If one hood goes up on that car, like this is the way they need to be spoken to. But we're afraid, I think, in the police department where they think, oh, if we show us talking to them like that, it'll, ca- it'll cause rage because then they'll know it's real. That's what it is. They think if they never really act uh, appalled by it, there's 
cops that know how bad it is. It's not just, oh, there's a few bad apples in every bunch. That's what they're finally fucking admitting to. There's a few bad apples in every bunch. Really? Is that what you think the problem is? A few bad apples? The other way around. And... The Rockets regular. <laughs> your dad was a cop. Was your da- no no? Who yeah. was a cop in your family? Uh, my brother in law is, but he's a. Uh, I don't want to say he's a bad cop, but he's a dick of a person. So you think he carries that energy out to the street? Oh, probably. I yeah. saw it when I did ride-alongs. I saw like him. I remember I, the first time he goes. Um, and also, the reason I know the good is good is because I saw that too. I get it. You know, we act like to talk about the bad cops is disrespectful to all cops. No. Any good cop that listens to us talk about it, a good cop and the ones that are out there, they relate with us more than anybody. They're like, how the fuck does this guy fucking get in my head like that? There are cops that are out there. You know, you can do a lot with all that power. If you're nice and kind and loving, it can, you can, if you want to be a superhero of good, of good uh, energy – and there are cops that use it for that. Yeah, maybe it is fun to do, go on high-speed chases. And maybe there is an element of that, like people skydive. It's like this weird thing. There may be, that doesn't mean that because there is a romance of that part of the job that you also can't do fucking amazingly good things. You have a shit ton of power. Can you imagine if you're open-minded and kind and loving the power that you have all night long, driving around making people, when you can, feel great? When they have an interaction with someone, and so those cops exist, and the bad cops, obviously, they hurt. They're more. They hurt them more than anybody. But so, so that's yeah. That. I mean, the job needs to change. It, it doesn't. The the way it is now isn't working. You can't just drive around looking to bust people. You have to interact with your community you have to point out when people are doing good you have to do good Um, and it's like we talked about this can't be changed a lot of this yes you can maybe if i'm going to say bully some of the bullshit out of them pretty quick and at least make them hide their disgusting behavior but you cannot uh yell prejudice out of someone you can't yell hate out of somebody some of these people i get it we have to manhandle the ones that are already in there that we can't get rid of but aggressively change what goes in there but you can't change those people that that takes work that takes therapy you can't you can't uh you know order away racism that's like we talked about before it's growth and that's a big problem obviously you know in the forest that uh but if you want to do good with it that's what we're talking about man i watched it i have a few friends they wouldn't become my good friends unless that's what i'm talking about but like you would be surprised how many cool things you could do as a cop when you're nice you make people's nights because they're all – sometimes people don't know how you act. You go over, you're real kind to someone that's probably nervous already in a situation or, you know, and uh, you can uh, you can do a lot of, uh, you know, go to a party and know to defend the right group. We went to a party once and there were all these kids and the woman that called was really turning into a pain in the ass. I'm going to talk for my friend. Is it so bad that once in a while to be able to use your power but in the, what you perceive to be right – and they were really good kids. And uh, she was like going – one thing led to another. Next thing she's going, hold on a second. I called you. He goes, oh, 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 yeah. That doesn't mean you get to call the shots. 
Now I'm listening to them and I'm listening to you. And then it went back and forth. Finally, he asked her to sit on the curb because he did. I get it. I was like, she's unsafe. She should be sitting, not standing. She's the type of woman that would take a swing at you. And uh, he goes, I'm going to have to sit there on the curb. Next thing you know, she's getting handcuffed, put in the back of a car. And all those kids were like, wow, that cop, he read that situation right. Mm-hmm. He went over there. He quieted. We quieted them. And she came over, and she was a loose cannon. So that was fun, and he did it to the right person. Like the video of uh, the person calls the cops on the thugs in the neighborhood making noise. And the cops show up, and it's a bunch of kids playing basketball. He's oh, like, that's the video, right? Yeah, he's like, uh, okay. Um, you know what? Not only are you guys doing something I cannot be mad at, I'm going to join you. <laughs> And he went and got more cops, and they came back, and they challenged him to a game of basketball. So not only did that person have to deal with those kids that they perceived as thugs, there was cops there participating too. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. When you see Stuff like that makes me – I see videos like that. I saw that video. It makes me cry because I just love to see like – well, it's why I always say like, you know, look, at the end of the day, I'm positive, and, I'm, and I do think – and we know that exists. That's why I really want to go out of my way to say it. And it should be celebrated. And maybe that's what I'm saying. Like both sides, I gave fair what I thought was criticism. But I think it is say that maybe both sides – and I'm not just saying it to be fair because I learned in therapy. Sometimes there's a wrong and a right. Not everything's 50-50. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying 50-50 for no reason. Maybe uh, – but I was always afraid to say this because I thought it meant that I thought – that the Black Lives campaign matter didn't – it was a – no, no, no. That's not my point. Uh, I get overwhelmingly the problem. It's cops. You know, there's not enough, there's not enough good ones. They're, mm-hmm. out, they're outnumbered, and the good ones are, are – they're suffering too. But, you know, we want them to speak up. And, but uh, what was I saying? I think you said it. No, I was going somewhere at the end. But, uh, oh, the overwhelmingly, I get it, that there are, you know, good, uh, you're going to have to edit this. Okay, let's say goodbye. So, uh, we got it all out. (laughs) (laughs) I got a little lost there at the end, but can I tell you something, and I'll feel better if you leave this in. Um, I think I made my point. Yeah, and I got a little lost because I had a little fresh air. Not something probably want to do again. Well, maybe I do. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed tonight a lot. I really mm-hmm. did. I got so much off of my head. So considering we Good. had so much to talk about, and only in the last 15 minutes did I get a little confused, even in what we're talking about, Black Lives Matter, you know, that's how it all started. I still thought within it I got a lot off my chest. And I definitely said brilliant things. And you definitely said brilliant things. Of course <laughs> you did. And, and, and not only saying brilliant things, but also uh, reining me in and helping me. So I hope you're all nice. And um, I'm not going to end the show with that, the video. With the, with the, I'll, I'll tell people next week where to go look at it on YouTube on their own time. But it's a video you should listen to, but you should be in the right place. But next week on the show, on the regular show, I'll say like, hey, there's the name of this video. Go take a look at it. But it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's also it'll inspire you to understand. Uh, it's also really cool. All right. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Goodbye. Fuck. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The 
way you are right now The way down deep inside you Not the things that hide you Not your toys They're just beside you But it's you I like Every part of you Your skin, your eyes, your feelings Whether old or new And I hope that you'll remember Even when you're feeling Now entering Nerdist.com.